Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Good nasty on a Monday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. It is 2 o'clock. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. How's everybody's weekend? Pretty good. Jamie, did you have a nice Father's Day? Yeah, really good Father's Day. Did you get any unexpected calls or anything like that? No, and I even left my phone on this year. Okay, good. Yeah. I always worry about you, Jamie. Great to have Father's well, thank Day. you, Anthony. I appreciate that. I'm always waiting for the, you're not going to believe this story coming yeah. from you. But I'm glad. I'm glad no unexpected calls from somebody saying, hey, remember uh, not too long ago? Well, it would have been a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Dad? Well, your son's nine now. Who are you? <laughs> so good. Good uh, to Anthony. hear. Cardinals, you're starting off like this. Huh? Yeah, you, you bet, buddy. You bet. Alrighty. Uh, the Cardinals also won a series. Yeah, they did. Felt like a long time that it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Was it six or seven series in a row? Eight series in a row? Something like that. They lost. How, I don't even know how many they lost games in a row, but uh, the birds are back, baby. Are they? Uh, well, it was a nice a start. It was a nice start. Two, two in, a in a row. row, Anthony. You got to be positive. They got the Newt back in the lineup now. Yep. Like Newt went what four for five in Memphis. Two Ding Dong Johnsons. Mm-hmm. He's ready to roll. He's in third today. I know for the Redbirds. Only matinee game of the day. You got the Nationals. You got the Cardinals. And yeah, the return of Lars Taylor Tatsuya Newtbar. But let's dive into the series. This this Met series. A lot of highlights. You'd get, you know, and you would figure that with the uh, with, the, with taking two out of three. But Nolan Arenado hit the two home runs yesterday in that eight seven victory. Goldschmidt had a two run home run in Sunday's five three victory. Hicks, Jordan Hicks, stepping up, back to back saves over the weekend. So he's called upon with Ryan Helsley on the IL and Giovanni Gallegos being used heavily, including in some save spots that. You know, he, he's had some opportunities to close out games and haven't. So, good for Jordan Hicks. He's would, firing it like 103 consistently. And he's missing some bats, which is nice. Yeah, Anthony, you got, sometimes you have to be positive. I am being positive. I don't – and missing some bats. Like, all right. You know what? This, this says more about you. I just rattled off like five positives. You picked out the one negative. Sounds like a you problem, Jamie. No. It's absolutely not. Jordan Walker slugged his fifth home run of the season on Saturday. 370-foot opposite field shot. He went a little oppo taco on the Mets. He's got six home runs on the year. He's hitting almost 300 now. I know. 296 coming into play. Almost. All right. Well, he's he's knocking on the door. <laughs> OPS stands at 850 entering Monday. A couple of more. A couple more positives from the weekend. Wainwright logged a quality start on Saturday. Gave up three runs on seven hits, six and a third. Struck out three, walked two. Career victory, 198. So two more for Adam Wainwright to join that 200 wins club. And then Wilson Contreras had a nice night. It was a losing effort on Friday night, but he goes two for four with the solo home run. 
If you notice, I mentioned a, a bunch of home runs. The home runs aren't the issue. No, they got that. They've got that in spades. Can you can you hit home runs in games in which you do some other things right? You know, it's not all about. Uh, they're just about the launch angles and selling out. Look, home runs are, are critical if you want to have a successful offense and you want to have a contender. Don't take away the home runs. Just, you know, do the other things, like closing out games that are tight. And that's what they did over the last two days now. So, nice weekend series for the Cardinals out in New York. we got to start somewhere. you got to start somewhere. If you're going to try and turn any kind of a season around, and what what does that even mean? I don't know. But if you're going to start to win baseball games and and at least prove to yourself that you're way better than what you have been this season, you have to start somewhere. Were the Mets kind of a team that you could you know, take advantage of at this particular moment because they're having a bit of a rough go too? Yeah, but you did. And they weren't easy. They weren't just giveaway games. You were pushed. And what I liked was there was some clutch hitting, um, some good pitching, some, some closing out games by Hicks. Like... There were some facets of the game that you've been not good at recently yep. that you were better at. And so for that reason, I look at it as a real positive weekend. Cardinals still sitting eight and a half back in the central. I don't know if it's a pipe dream or a fantasy or just bat, you know what, crazy to think that they can catch the Brewers or whomever decides to win this division or get to the top of it. But if nothing else, at least they're heading in the right direction. Man, I thought Saturday was going in the complete opposite direction when you're in the first inning, you can't get runners to cross home plate, and then Adam Wainwright gives up not just like a leadoff home run, first pitch of the bottom half of the inning, gone. I go, here we go again. Coming off a loss, too. Yes. Yeah. And a bad one it's, at it, that. It's a little bit easier to look back, Marsh, after the, le- after the last two days, knowing that they collected two wins and they won the series. But at that moment, I can see why you're feeling that way, oh having the, the Friday loss, and then right away me. you're down again. Yeah. But, but I thought it was a great job by them to look past that, and I thought Adam Wainwright had a good outing, and the team ended up getting a win. So, And, and you look there, we've been talking about body language uh, for the past couple of weeks, I thought their body language was was great when Arenado hit that that home run and the team was fired up. It looked it, it looked, looked how exciting. it should looked exactly like yeah. it, it, exciting baseball. Yeah, so uh, they get into some of the some of the other things that that went on over the weekend. I mean, not a ton of negatives, but Matthew Libertor allowed five runs over five innings in a no decision yesterday. Gave up four hits and included that solo bomb to Francisco Lindor in the first inning. Only had two strikeouts. Handed out a pair of free passes. His ERA is now 6-1-2. So, unfortunately, Matthew Libertor, I'm fine if they want to keep him in the rotation just to, and just make it all about reps. But he's at this point, he's he hasn't been any sort of answer for the Cardinals. Miles Michaelis also struggled again on Friday. Check this out. His ERA in April was 5-9-7. 5.97 was Miles Michaelis' ERA in April. His ERA in May, one eight nine. He's 0-3 in June with a 6.88 ERA, and that's through three starts. So 5.97 in April, 1.98 in May, and he's currently right now through three starts has got a 6.88 ERA. So so Miles Michaelis has been kind of a microcosm of the Cardinals this year, which is a lot of ups and downs, a lot of inconsistencies, trying to figure it out. And I thought that Miles Michaelis, and why wouldn't you, I thought he had figured things out in May, and he had settled things in, but now he winds up being, this is another concern. 
Well, yeah, when he's your so-called number one, you want him to be an automatic, or at least close to it, every time he gets out there, and that just hasn't happened. So it's pause for concern for the Cardinals right now because it it just kind of it kind of uh, encompasses their season so far. When one guy's going, one guy isn't. When one area of your game is working, the other one isn't. Mm-hmm. And this was a situation here where Miles Michaelis not going now. It's like, come on, man. Can we just can we just get like, I don't know, a couple weeks of consistent baseball and just see how this team actually looks. But we're not getting it. Well, that's it's an interesting point, Jamie. If if they did play consistently, uh, there's no issue, really. You say there's the same no thing issue. about the blues. Absolutely. This isn't a talent issue. This is an execution problem, like we've been talking about. If they played consistently, if they got quality starting pitching, they got, you know, their their offense played up to its potential. It got consistency there. The defense settle, settles in. This this team there there would be no problem. It's it's not the same as it like well you know the Royals right. The Royals don't have the talent. The Oakland A's don't have the talent. Chicago has, you know, like the White Sox, they have plenty of talent, but, you know, that that, that winds up being maybe an execution problem too. But this is not a, a Cardinals team that is devoid of talent. We expected them to win the Central this year. Oh, not just us. Nationwide. Yeah, they, they was like... A, they're the favorite. 100%. The offense is good enough to, to, to be in the top three, top five in the National League. It's definitely in the top ten in Major League Baseball. But at some point, you can't talk about the potential of it all. You just got to go out and do it and do it on a consistent basis. But, Jamie, you're right. I mean, we have seen this in in, in flashes. Now, if we want to have the conversation about whether or not the starting pitching is good enough, when you get if you do get to the postseason, that's a separate conversation. But when you talk about the consistency or the lack thereof of this team, that is the biggest issue. That is why you're sitting here on June 20th or 20 or 19th and saying this team this team can't figure it out or having a conversation about trading key players which we'll get into a little bit later what? on too. Yeah. Who oh, are you yeah. trading now? Whole team probably. Oh my god. Give me some time. We got 4 hours today. <laughs> That's a lot of trades for you. I'll do it. Don't worry. <laughs> Opening drive will be helping host Big League Impacts Cardinals in London watch party this Saturday at Patios Downtown. The Redbirds are headed to London to take on the Chicago Cubs, and you can watch the game this Saturday afternoon at Patios with the opening drive. Enjoy a fun-filled afternoon featuring trivia, games, your chance at an autograph at Autograph Memorabilia, and you can visit with Randy, Carrie, and Brooke. Uh, they're going to host it this year, so proceeds will be uh, um, proceeds will support Big League Impact. Get more details on Big League Impact's Cardinals in London. Watch party now at 101ESPN.com. Lars Newbar is back. He's in the lineup, and he's hitting third. What do we think about Newbar's return? How does this impact the lineup? Reversing that. How does this impact maybe the, the outfield rotation as well? We'll get into that next on 101ESPN. <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I drive deep to right. Forget that. Burdick doesn't even turn around. This ball sails out of the ballpark. 
405-foot bomb for Lars Newtbar in his second rehab game. Pitch here is stung deep to right, towards the corner, it's gone. Lars Newtbar is second homer of the game. And hopefully he'll take that into Washington, D.C., the Memphis Redbirds at Radio Network on the call there as Lars Newpar had himself a nice rehab assignment, and now he's, he's back. He was activated today, and he's in the lineup. And I'll give you the lineup here in a second with Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, and Anthony Stalzer. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. 3.05 start time for the Cardinals and Nationals will be Jack Flaherty versus Josiah Gray of Washington. And Josiah Gray has had a really nice year. He's 4-5, he's and five, ignore the win-loss record. He's got a 3.19 ERA and 66 strikeouts. He was the main piece for or in that Max Scherzer Trey Turner deal. That's that was the main piece going back to Washington in in that trade. So this is somebody that has loads of talent, somebody that's definitely a, it, it was one of the Dodgers top prospects and now uh no longer a prospect, but he's somebody that is supposed to anchor this Washington Nationals starting rotation moving forward. So that's who you got today. Jack Flaherty again is on the Cardinal side. Here's your lineup. Brandon Donovan leading off playing left. Paul Goldschmidt is hitting second, and he's your first baseman. Lars Newpar is in right field, hitting third. Nolan Arenado is your cleanup hitter. He's playing third, of course. Wilson Contreras is back behind the dish. He's hitting fifth. Jordan Walker is your DH, hitting sixth. Nolan Gorman dropped to the seventh spot in the order. He's been struggling. He's your second baseman. Paul DeYoung is playing short, and he's batting eighth. And Tommy Edmond is batting ninth, and he's your center fielder. Before we get to Lars Newport, you guys good with the Nolan Gorman mm-hmm. drop? Yeah, you had to. He he hasn't been hitting. I mean, he hasn't. He was a guaranteed hit. Heck, he was right. He was second in the league at one point in home runs. The well has gone dry here for whatever reason. Either people have figured him out or something's out of whack. I don't mm-hmm. know. You can't keep him up in the top of the lineup when he can't hit a baseball. Yeah. No, you're right. I don't care how dangerous he could be, he's not dangerous right now. Mm-hmm. And so, this is it. This is the natural ebbs and flows of a season. 100%. He's going to hit 400 all year. Why would you, like, it's not like he's Albert Pujols to where you're like, well, his track record tells me that. Right. No, he, he had a really great start of the season. He's got a tremendous amount of power and ability, but it's not there right now. Mm-hmm. So the natural progression is moving him down. And if he does catch fire at all, or even you know starts to run into a couple, the bottom of your lineup now is pretty damn solid. I mean, you got Walker, who I mean, he just does he just continues to hit and hit some home runs at the same time. You got Gorman, who's got the potential to do it. You got DeYoung, who ran into one yesterday. You got Tommy Edmond. I mean, this is a pretty good lineup right now when I look at it. Yeah, you do have some pop. Yeah, and like we said in the first segment, it is it's just all about consistency with this group. It's consistency. They're not they're they're not hitting consistently, but now they're on a bit of a stretch. So hopefully the Cardinals can get some good pitching. And it starts today with well, it started over the weekend with Adam Wainwright. Libertor wasn't great, but your offense bailed bailed you out, and your bullpen did its job uh, for the most part. I mean, Jordan Jordan Hicks came in and got a save, but the offense was able to supply it for you last night. So Washington now Washington's a, the, the record is not great and. You know, again, Washington's not a very good team. Their offense isn't isn't good, but Lane Thomas, former Cardinals farmhand, is uh, at the top of that order, and he's he's probably their their most consistent hitter. But this is a team that 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 you have to take you know two out of three against, 
and keep keep this road road streak going here. Don't go to London without any mo- momentum. You know, we we're too far back to have the conversation about, hey, can they turn things around? They're still eight and a half games back. Yeah, they've only won in the two in Central. They've Let's won two in a row. Silly here. I mean, the Reds. The Reds have won eight in a row. The Brewers have run, have won three in a row. The Pirates have completely sunk. They've lost six in a row. They're down. They're now down to third place. The Cardinals have to have we get on one of these streaks now, where they're playing excellent ball. Everything's starting to come together for them, and then we can kind of start talking about whether or not they can get back in this thing. But even with their inconsistency, this is a Washington team that again you should be able to take two out of three against. Provided you play, you play like you did uh, in New York. If I'm not mistaken, I think last time they faced Josiah Gray, he he carved him up pretty good. Probably. Come on, Marshy. Well, I'm just come on throwing he's, it out there. He's, he's stating semi facts, Jamie. Come on. Like, can we not enjoy two wins? No. No, I'm looking no, forward. We, we can't, you know no. who I am? I'm looking forward to the <laughs> no, next one. We can't. I want to enjoy the next win, and you should you you should respect that. That's Tom Brady's philosophy. Yeah, but Tom Brady's philosophy isn't, oh, man, that defense really shut me down last time. No, his mentality is like, I'm going to go put 50 on the board. Uh, they, they did not face Josiah Gray, at they least this year. Yeah. If you go back to last year. No, that's what I meant, last year. Oh, last year. Yeah. July 31st, five innings, five hits, four runs allowed. Oh, okay. Struck out six, walked two. Well, there we go. He faced him again, only went three and a third, gave up six, allowed four. Walk three, struck out three. So it's probably not Josiah Gray you're thinking of. No. It's probably somebody like really irrelevant. Mark. Somebody who's Maybe never like, pitched before. Like somebody you had never heard of yeah. shutting them down. That's probably that's probably what you're thinking of. All right. So Lars New again, getting back getting back on topic here. Lars Newbar. He returns and you've got this outfield rotation out. What do you guys think is gonna be what do you guys think makes the most sense? With Lars Newpar back, does this make the most sense? With Newpar in right and Tommy Edmond in center and Donovan in in left, do you guys like that that look in your outfields? What about Dylan Carlson? I mean, that's that's the guy that that could stand to lose the most playing time here. Yeah, um, yeah, it really is. I mean, because when you look at your outfield, literally the way it, it's it sits, you, Dylan Carlson's not a part of it. But are we back to are we back to this four man platoon that we started the season with? Probably now, the characters are somewhat different, but yeah, I don't know. You know what we're back to? We're back to if you hit your play, and that goes for Paul DeYoung at short. That goes that that goes for all three of the outfield spots because you could easily move Tommy Edmond back back to shortstop. If DeYoung, I know he had a home run over the weekend, but if DeYoung really gets in a Paul DeYoung-like slump, that frees up an outfield spot too. And you can, again, you could kick Tommy Edmond back to short. Yeah. So, so it's a if you hit if if you hit your play situation now with Newbar back. Well, there's yeah, there's a lot of a lot of different areas where that can apply. You can apply at shortstop, second base, and in the outfield. I think those are the the five places where it applies because you got Gorman playing second base. Well, we know Donovan and Edmund can play second base. Uh, same to be said with shortstop. Quite honestly, both guys can play shortstop. Mm. And uh, everybody apparently can play in the outfield this year. So, you're at risk. Does it make a difference? I don't know. Does it mean guys are going to bear down more, have better approach when they're in the batter's box? I don't know. 
I feel like baseball is a different animal from the, from the standpoint of like the the more uptight and stressed out you are, the worse you perform. Mm-hmm. Like people talk about you know being very methodical, having your your approach, having your you know whatever you do, your preparation and all that, and then when you throw this into a pit where you're like, you hit, you play, when you wonder, man, is this the one game where if I don't get a hit and you start to get the tight cheeks maybe a little, which I'm not sitting here forgiving that. I mean, you're supposed to perform at a very high level. You're playing in the majors, for God's sake. And But I just wonder if that can have a reverse effect sometimes. Sometimes having all these options, all it does is create more stress amongst your lineup because they're like if i don't hit i've got four other guys that are breathing down my neck that works for certain guys it works for certain sports but it doesn't always create this like zen like approach to your game it's more of like a hey i'm on fire somebody put me out (laughs) right i don't know yeah i have to get a hit yeah well okay but in a season and i i don't disagree jamie in a season where you're losing though maybe it maybe this pressure cooker it needs to be turned up you came in, you're you're expected to win the Central, you're expected to have a good offense, and let's just stick with the offense for a second, but you're expected to have a good offense, you're expected to have all of these guys coming in and out, you can, you can do the match, you know, we did, yeah, you can play the matchup game. Everybody's kind of comfortable. Well, now you're losing, and everybody is is saying, okay, what's going on? Is it the manager's fault? Is it this, who's, who's to blame? Maybe a pressure cooker is needed right now. And I love it might the, be. And I love going back to like Jordan. Jordan Walker comes back in. Th- this situation wasn't any better when he came back in at that point, and he ha- he has produced. And with Lars Newbar back and Tommy Edmond holding it down in center field, well, Jordan Walker can be your DH now. You could still use him in the outfield. You could still get him reps. I get that that aspect of it. He's not going to get any better in the outfield if he never plays it. But with Newbar back. Your main focus needs to be we got to we. If John Mosellock saying you got ninety plus games left, you know, hey, we're we're going to be patient here. Okay, you got to win games now, though. And Jordan Walker has struggled mightily in the outfield. So if this also push, uh, pushes Jordan Walker to the DH spot consistently, well, I'm good with that. If Wilson Contreras needs to catch more games throughout the course of the week and not get off his feet for two games to be the DH because you don't have that. Fine. You want to be a catcher? You're paid you know you paid top dollar. Come in catch games now. And when you do have a day off, it's going to be a true day off. Andrew Kisner will be behind the plate. So with Newbar back, I think that yes, it creates some flexibility in some respects, but in others it's almost a again, it's kind of creating that pressure cooker environment of you have to produce now. Because somebody's going to be de- delegated, or somebody somebody's going to be relegated to the bench. You know, today it's Dylan Carlson. He also may need a day off after getting hit in basically mm-hmm. every bone uh, in his body over the weekend. It's gritty. <laughs> hey, Dor, <laughs> lean into it. Grab a, grab a bat. <laughs> off the elbow, off the ankle. He Carlson in tonight, the eighth inning. Hey, yeah. Dylan. Lean into one. Lean Scott into Sterling one. of the Cardinals. This guy this guy used to pitch, pitch you uh, inside, right? <laughs> Grab a bat. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. What do these numbers tell us about the Cardinals? We're going to give you some numbers in relation to the Cardinals and the Brewers that, that may shock you. And then we're going to kind of break down what those numbers mean. That's next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do 
Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles Pacific and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. guy swan on twitter is always posting kind of interesting numbers or including us in interesting things that that he saw and this one really struck me over the weekend so i want to list off these these numbers for you guys and then i want to ask you to interpretate them or interpret them i should say the milwaukee brewers this season or at least going into i think this was couple of days ago so june 8th or so some some of these may not june 8th june 18th uh so these numbers might not be updated to the second, but they're right around these numbers, okay? The Milwaukee Brewers, 26 in WRC+. Plus. For those that, for those that don't know that statistic, all you have to know is it's park-adjusted, meaning the, the, the statistic will adjust depending on what park that player is hitting in at the time. But it's an overall metric of how good are you creating runs for your team? Whether it's getting on base, driving them in, hitting home runs, hitting doubles, how good are you at generating runs for your team? So the Brewers, as a team, 26 in baseball in WRC+. They're 23rd in starting rotation FIP, which is just it's a more accurate measure than ERA when it comes to evaluating how good a pitcher has been. So they're 23rd in starting rotation. FIP and they're 28th in bullpen FIP. This is your first place Milwaukee Brewers. 26 in WRC plus, 23rd in starting rotation FIP, 28th in bullpen FIP. So you're saying there's a chance. So not great. <laughs> so you might be thinking to yourself, well, the Cardinals have got to be below that then. How bad are you how, how bad are the Cardinals in the same metrics? They're eleventh in WRC plus. Brewers twenty six, Cardinals eleven. The Brewers, again, 23rd in starting rotation FIP. Cardinals are 14th. Brewers, 28th in bullpen FIP. Cardinals are 5th in bullpen FIP. Your Cardinals are in dead last. The Brewers are in so first. So where, where do the, like, that that's quite confusing. So then where are the numbers skewed to tell me why the Brewers are in first and the Cardinals are in last? My again, this is that we can open it up to the tax line three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. These are only three metrics that we're using, but these are three pretty good ones. 
How good are you at creating runs? How good is your bullpen? How good is your starting rotation, right? But that doesn't make any sense then. I agree. What what my guess would be, Jamie, would be that the Brewers, I don't have the records in front of me. Maybe Marsh, maybe you can look this up. You're you're young. You're a youngin. You're pretty good on the on the the old Google machine. Mm. I I want to know how what the record what the Brewers record is in one run games and what the Cardinals record is in one run games. Because Jamie, I think that might be the answer. The Brewers are winning those close games. Cardinals are losing them. But the overall metrics would would paint the picture that the Brewers are significantly worse in those three categories. Our guy BK, who's listening in, thank you very much, um, says it's on the defensive side. So the Brewers are much better. The Brewers with have the been defensive apparently metrics. better defensively, where the Cardinals have cost themselves some runs and obviously some games. That makes a lot of sense. But these are three. But though it still doesn't explain the whole picture, though. No, it's a it's a slice it's a piece, of the pie. It's a slice of the pie. But we're still talking about starting rotation, bullpen, and offense. Defense, huge aspect of baseball, but just one of those. So I don't think it's just the defense. Again, I wonder what the Brewers' record is in one-run games compared to the Cardinals in one-run games. Yeah, and I'm also wondering about runners in scoring position, some of those numbers. I know the Cardinals' numbers uh, you know, a month ago weren't terrible. In fact, they were surprisingly like, okay, I know that has taken a nosedive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering, too, if, if the Brewers might be a little more clutch, as they call it, in order to win some of those one-run games. Right. You know, I don't know. I think there's obviously a lot of different ways to, to try and figure it out, but nonetheless, you have three major categories that you're you know, better than, and some of them substantially better than right. the Brewers, and you're still eight and a half games behind them. It's a bit of a head-scratcher. It totally is. Now, again, we're not talking about the Cardinals. Oh, the Cardinals should be you know, right up there among the, the best in the National League. No, this is just a comparison against the Brewers. They should be better with what they have offensively in WRC Plus than just 14th. Well, when it comes to defense, uh, our guy BK here is doing a great job here right now. The Brewers are plus 34 defensive runs saved. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals are minus 22. Okay, well, that's that. then there you that's go. A that's a swing. huge That's a big swing. It's a big swing. So the Brewers are the Brewers are keeping opponents off the scoreboard. The Cardinals are not. Yeah, well, and at we, a more we, consistent rate. We've seen that though too. And but Anthony, they also have some pitchers too. Mm-hmm. How are those guys doing? How how is the three headed monster doing? They're banged up. Who's who's on the IL right now? I don't know who's on the IL right this second, but they're they're they've dealt they've dealt with injuries. At various times so far this season, let me look at their roster. Burns Burns is in there right now. I think it's Woodruff that's hurt. I think Woodruff is on the IL, and Freddie Peralta. I'm not seeing him on the active. No, though no, he is. I, I believe it's Woodruff that's on the IL for the Brewers. But you're right. I mean, they when healthy, the Brewers they cast a, a, a huge shadow over the Cardinals when it comes to those three guys in their starting rotation. There's no, there's no question about it. And Devin Williams, looking at some of his metrics, Devin Williams from the back end has has been better too. So the, the overall bullpen might not be better for Milwaukee than the Cardinals. When it comes to closing down games, I wonder how many blown saves he has compared to what the Cardinals have and with Ryan Helsley and Freddie Pro, or, uh, Giovanni Gallegos, those guys. 
It's it's staggering nonetheless, though. And BK brings up a good point about the the defensive uh, metrics. The Brewers are eleven and four in one run games. Okay, thank you. Text line. Yeah, text line from the three one four. Thank a you. couple of different three one fours actually. Do we have a Cardinals? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I don't. Be nice to have that though. So eleven, eleven and eleven and four. The Brewers eleven are and four in one run games. All right, there you have it. We'll get the Cardinals and blown saves. Milwaukee has seven blown saves. The Cardinals have fifteen. There you go. There you go. Those are the me- so. There you go. We asked. Okay, what's what's the metrics then? What are what are the missing pieces? BK provided some. Uh-huh. He provided a huge one with the defensive run saved. The tax line brought up the the blown saves, comparatively speaking. And I mentioned the one run the one run games. Brewers get, are eleven and four. Cardinals are eight and sixteen. Eight and sixteen one, one run, run games. games. There you go. I mean that's. When it comes when it comes to these two teams, that's the issue. The Brewers are winning close games in large part thanks to their defense and their closer, where the Cardinals in tight games and they've played they've played a ton of them. They're not getting it done. They're not they're not closing out those games. Yeah, tax line too. Thank you very much. Yes, for jumping in there. Everybody's got access to different things. Appreciate it very much. It helps out. Absolutely. And uh, you guys can always jump in at 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service text line. Thanks to BK, too. Way to go, guys. Avid fast lane listener. It was, you know what You know what it was? It was this. It was, uh, we all came together. Everybody. Everybody came together. Including the text line. Yep. Nice job. And if it's you fun. don't know what we're doing, we're that's that's us getting together on the same page. Yeah, on A the team. same page. Tight. Tight. Forcefully. Yep. Jamie Rivers. Anthony Stalter, it's the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Is this the Jordan Walker we were expecting? We'll get into his success lately here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hit a mile high toward right. Marte going back. Dead sprint. Look at that ball. Carry. That ball is gone. Walker goes the other way. Chip Carey on the call over the weekend as Jordan Walker, 370-foot oppo taco over the weekend. And this kid, since being recalled, is slashing 327, 417, 615 with an OPS over 1,000. He's been outstanding with Jamie yeah, Rivers. he's been okay. He's been outstanding since he came back. He was fine, actually, when he started. Probably, yeah. But yeah. he had a 12-game hitting streak to mm-hmm. start the season, Anthony. I, th- I think that'd be pretty good for a 20-year-old rookie. I think you can and I know your standards are pretty high. Yeah, I mean, damn right. Birds on the bat we're talking about. We're talking about World yeah. Series or bust, always. Well, you're not wrong there. If you're not on board, then uh, get out of here. That's is what we say. Well said, Anthony. Hey, we have your chance right now to win a four-pack of tickets to next Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash for Cardinals versus Astros. Next week's Budweiser Bash game features a limited edition, hard-hitting Mark Witten bobblehead. That's right. Text in now, 314-399-9646 to win Budweiser Bash tickets for Cardinals versus Astros. Here's your trivia question to win these, this four-pack of tickets. When Mark Witten... Hit his had his four home run game in 1993. 
Which team were the Cardinals facing? Who were they playing that day when Mark Witten had his four home run game? 314-399-9646. Text in the answer. If you're the 101st texter with the correct answer, you're going to go see the Budweiser Bash for the Cardinals and Astros next week. And you can get all the details on this series, uh, this season's series of Budweiser Bash games right now at cardinals.com slash promotions. So Jordan Walker has been excellent since coming back. By the way, here's some numbers too. Albert Pujols, his rookie year, he slashed 329, 403, 610 with an OPS over 1,000. So very similar numbers right now between Albert Pujols and Jordan Walker since he got recalled. And Jamie, you, you said it. Did you just do that? You said it in the office. Did you, you said, just do that? This kid has reminded me of Albert Pujols. And I said, <laughs> slow down, Jamie. Slow down. Let's let this kid kind of settle in and prove himself before yeah. you, you go comparing him to Albert. Yeah, that's exactly how it went down, isn't it, Anthony? I was there. I was a witness. Right? Oh, yeah, you were, right? All of a sudden, you're awake. You said okay. this guy's right. the next Albert Pujols. Uh, it's fun. It's fun it to play fun. that game. It's fun to do that Did whole... you see that opposite field power? Uh, that actually is impressive. <laughs> Nolan Arnato hasn't done that. I don't think he's ever done that. Has Nolan Arnato ever put one opposite field? Opposite field? I'm sure he has. I don't know. <laughs> Not with the Cardinals, he hasn't. I'm telling you. Oh, come on. He's I'm going to Apple Taco at some point in his career. Serious right now. He Probably. has not hit a home run to the opposite field. Marshy's right. For the Cardinals? Yes. Marshy's right. That's incredible. The yeah, most... He doesn't know how to go with the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the most to the right it's ever been is just like center Dead field. center? Yeah. Maybe. That's fascinating. Right center? Like... Barely, maybe. He certainly has not gone right field. Like what Goldie did this or weekend, what Walker too. Did. Or He's what a dead bull hitter, you know? Oh, he is, of course. He's got to expand his game a little bit, you know? Or he's going mean, to have tough in this league. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care where the ball is flying, though. If he's hitting, really? you know, two home runs a game, I'm cool with it. They'd be flying right in your face. That's as, fine, too. As you're out in the bleachers. Like yeah, that one absolutely. guy yesterday, the Walker home run, he almost got it in the face. Yeah. It's all fun and games. So you get balls in the face well, up there. Well, you got to watch yeah. it. You know, you got to be careful. You got to protect yourself hey, from who, time to time. Who were they playing when that one guy caught that ball in his face? How about the one guy who turned, got up and turned sideways and took it in the chest? That's what I'm saying, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah when he, he stood up. He took the ball yeah. to the chest. That guy was standing, looking at the ball. He stood up, turned sideways, and just received it mm-hmm. right in the rib cage. <laughs> like, what are you doing, yeah. sir? He's like, hockey tryouts 360-foot days away. Hey, better... Was better, that Cincinnati? It, it might have Was been, it in Cincinnati? Yeah. I think it was. Better to get uh, get it you know, to the chest than to the face, though. Yeah, you know, it's, well, it, Marsh, you bring up yeah. a good point. You bring up a good point on that. You'd definitely rather get balls to the chest than your face, mm-hmm. especially when they're hit that hard. Yeah, no doubt. So Jordan Walker, he's been great. He's been great since his uh, his return. Can he keep this up? I, I I think that we can look at Nolan Gorman in this situation, too. Young hitters are going to go through their ups and downs. It's inevitable. Good. We just got done talking about Nolan Arenado. He had a horrible stretch at one point in the year. And we can we could talk about it. We could talk about how yeah he's had a, he's had a rut, rough stretch. I think Will Contreras is about to come out of one himself. I mean, this is just what it. This is big league baseball. You're gonna have you know at least one month where you're awful, one month where you're just okay, and the rest of the time, if you're ripping the cover off the ball, well, you can win an MVP like Goldie did last year. Goldie had a rough April and a rough September. The rest of the time, he's outstanding. (laughs) Well, in fairness to him, Jamie, you didn't get a lot of ABs in October. Okay? Exactly. All right? Enough of that. I'm just reading October right in front of me here.
Goldie Goldie had two eh, not great months last year. So one MVP. So can he, can Jordan Walker keep this up? He's got the skill set. And like I said in the last segment, we're talking about uh, Lars Nupar. I, I like him being the DH if the team is going to hit this uh, this stretch here. Who? Walker. Oh, I thought you said Newbar is a DH. Oh, hell no. No. No, he's got to get his ass out in the outfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And he's playing every day. Okay. Make it up for lost time. Yeah, he's saying. You've said, had your break, Lars. <laughs> You've had your rest. Yeah. Well said. Thank you. That's a very good thought. Yeah, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I don't know if you can necessarily have him out in the outfield if you need your best defense and your best offense while down. Who knows how many games, you know, in the standings, would you say it's eight now? So eight and a half. Like you can't you can't have him out there. Who? Walker. Newt Bar. <laughs> Not Newt Bar. No, what was the what was the, the uh metrics that BK had? The defensive run save. Why are you pointing at me? The Cardinals are what twenty minus twenty three or something? Yeah, uh, Brewers are plus thirty four, I believe. Yes. And the Cardinals are minus twenty two. Mm. Okay. I'm all for a young guy getting reps to get him comfortable. I get that. You're eight and a half games back. You told you somewhat kind of sort of told your fan base over the weekend that you're not making any changes because there's still 90 plus games. But you can't do both right now when you're eight and a half games back. You can't develop a young outfielder who you you need his bat in the lineup. But you can't develop in the outfield. Get him the reps because he's got to develop out there. Is he even going when you're to be... saying you're not going to make big changes and you're you're still you're still in it? Okay, prove it. Is he even going to be a an outfielder for his entire career? He's an infielder. Who's that? Jordan not Walker. After, Walker. Not after I trade somebody at the deadline. No. Oh God, he's going to first base for you. You sick son of a. Get you some pitching. Like, Jamie. how concerned are we that he plays the outfield? He's not even going to, in my opinion, I don't think he's going to be an outfielder for his career. I'm not concerned. I, here's a couple things I'm not concerned about. One, he may not be an outfielder, to your point, for his entire career. Who knows? Two, he's a hell of an athlete. He's going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. He's 20 years old, turned 21 this year. He's not an outfielder by nature, but he's a phenomenal athlete. He will be, if he has to play outfield, for the foreseeable future, whether it's a year, two years, three years, he'll be just fine. I don't know if he'll be a plus defender. That might be a, a stretch, but give this give this kid some time. Everything else in his baseball career, he's managed to not just do it, but he's managed to excel at that. Give him some time, the right coaching, the right reps. Uh, he'll be just fine. By the so, way, we have a Wood It Dong um, Twitter alert here oh, nice. from uh, – from, uh, let's see here, Ridge Hunters Outdoors is our texture. So nice little promotion for whatever you got going on there. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know when the date is of this here. It was Nolan Arenado versus Ronzi Contreras. I guess, was that this year? In Pirate yeah, was- P- PNC Park. Uh, I-, I imagine he sent us this because it's an opposite field, but it mm. really isn't. It's a uh, right, it's a center f- right field, Anthony. You right can, center. Look, you can... Be the judge in that. That's not that's right center. Yeah, that's that's, right that center. that is that's perfectly right For center. For me, it would have to be somewhere over here to yeah. be called right field. I'll give it to him. A true oppo taco. A true oppo taco, though. I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's well said, Jamie. I feel like that'd be more right field. Yeah, yeah. Ronzi, Ronzi Contreras. That I was think, that was a, that was like two weeks ago. When I think of opposite field, it's opposite field, not opposite centerish field. <laughs> 
Sorry, my standards are a little higher. That also faded. It was dead center. Yeah. Just get, the cut, the get caught up in the wind a little bit, then push the wind. It was gnarly. I remember that day for sure. Yeah, it was no, crazy, crazy no wind. Jordan Walker is hitting six today as the Cardinals get ready to open up a new series against the Nationals. In fact, in about, uh, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. But this lineup construction that Ollie put together, is this the new norm? We'll get into that conversation next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. Here's your lineup for the Cardinals Game 1 matchup against the Nationals. Brendan Donovan leading off playing left field. Paul Goldschmidt hitting second, playing first. Lars Neupar in his return from the IL. He's going to play right field. He's hitting third. Nolan Arenado is your cleanup hitter, and he's hitting there he's uh, playing third. Willis Contreras is behind the dish. He's hitting fifth. Jordan Walker is your DH hitting sixth. Nolan Gorman is playing second, hitting seventh. Paul DeYoung playing short, hitting eighth. And Tommy Edmond is in center field. He's your ninth hole hitter today as the Cardinals take on the Nationals. Jack Flaherty on the hill for the Cardinals. He will oppose Josiah Gray of Washington, and he's well, he's he's their best pitcher. He's the best pitcher because nobody can find Steven Strasburg. I don't. Uh, he's gone. I guess. <laughs> I mean, what a what a crazy career for Steven Strasburg. The one year they absolutely needed him, he was there. He was dominant. Wanted winning a World Series. He had the, a flash early on in his career. Otherwise, it has just been uh, an injury riddled, mostly an injury riddled career for Steven Strasburg. Yeah. We talk about absolutely filthy dominant. I was going to say, he healthy. was nasty. Man, just can't do it, though. All right, Marsh, want to play some uh, home run derby here? We got time. We absolutely do, so why don't we do that? Back, 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 back. Stay fair! Go fair, go fair! I don't believe what I just saw! Home run! Did somebody did somebody hit the home run on Friday? Oh no! I Marsh, you, know. had, you I had, had Contreras for beat the streak. Beat. I had Contreras for beat the streak. Paul uh, DeYoung, who did end up hitting a home run this weekend, obviously doesn't count. But right. Marsh, that doesn't count. So, but we need to we need to decide now because I did play the the King has returned sounder for Friday. Now Paul DeYoung didn't do all that yeah. much on Friday. However, this weekend he did. No. Of course, we don't do the lineup game for the weekend. Hmm. What are the rules surrounding that? Did he hit a home run the game that you played in? No. No. That's where I, I, I there can't be carryovers just because we don't get a chance to play. There can't be a carryover like, oh, well, it worked three games later. Like, no, I just don't see that. Right. You know, like. Jamie's right. I think that there's, there is an exact science behind this, mm-hmm. and the sounder pertains to the immediate game following. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's it. But Good call. we didn't play a sounder for the game he did hit a home run. Did we just not play a sounder for him anymore? Maybe we Does just do to, a yeah. cricket sound. 
Maybe. Hmm. Does he have to earn his sounder? Do these players need to earn their sounders? Yes. I say yes. Absolutely. So no sounders until they can earn them. Well, it depends. You'll have to go through the lineup, and yeah, you like will have to decide. Mm. Jordan Walker's earned it. For sure. Yeah. Donovan? I think Gorman has earned it, despite this, the, you know, the slump here. I think ah, Gorman. No, I, think, I think that's the thing, though. It's a very ever-growing I think it's in the moment, Anthony. It's fluid. And not fast-lane fluid. The real, real version fluid. of fluid, yeah. What did you say to me? Point. Don't you point. Don't you point the finger, finger at me. right at you. Yeah. Uh, what did you say to me regarding this lineup? And I said, well, there's lots of interchangeable positions and players and this and that. And, ah, so many guys. What did you say to me? If you hit your play. There you go. So if you hit, we play the sounder. <laughs> I like it. Jamie, well... <laughs> Thank you. Thank well you. done. <laughs> All right, let's play the home run derby. Is Jamie still leading us? Yeah. Okay, go yeah, ahead, Jamie. Baby. Jamie, you're This up. one's easy. This one is absolutely easy. We talked about this guy earlier. I feel like we talked about everybody. He's been missing recently. Left-handed bat. Uh, Different spot in the order. Hmm. Different spot in the order right now. I mean, it's very easy. Lars Newpark. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Jamie. I mean, the guy hit two dongers yesterday. Might as well jump. He's got dong on the brain, yeah. this guy. He's going to be right out of the park today. Might as well jump on that guy with the, those dongs, Jamie. Good call on that. Well, two is better than one. Yep. Ask Memphis. Uh-huh. All right, uh, I'm going to go with Paul Goldschmidt to hit the first home run tonight. Oh, Charles Chalk is back. Yep. I gotta catch you, <laughs> Marsh. I'm gonna go with Jordan Walker. I think he hits another one tonight. This time he pulls the ball to left field. Okay. No apo taco. There you have it. Now, unfortunately for our guy Bill, who had, who has now the streak for the listener tied. Oh, he's tied. He didn't get it. He didn't get it on no. Friday. Tied we with tried. Tanner. Tanner T-Bone 2.0. All right, so we are going to do Beat the Streak. It's just going to be us for, well, for right now. We better do it in a hurry. Like Let's right go. Now. Fire it. We may not have time to get the dang sounder. Who goes first? No! Who goes first? Who goes first, Marsh? You're ready to hit. The hits Marsh! Keep on Jamie, Anthony, then me. All okay. Right. I'm going Newt. Doubling down with the Newt. I'm going Brendan Donovan. What? <laughs> Here we well, go. I got, I got it in time. I got Donovan. You did. I'm going Nolan Gorman. Okay, there you go. What that was it, what's, close. What's that was the stressful. Beat, what's the beat the streaks? All right, Anthony, you you are at two. Jamie's at six. I'm at wow. one. Wow. All right. Let's get a lead off. Let's get a lead off double from Brandon Donovan. I just continue the streak till tomorrow. You can pound him home. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Jamie. Or Goldschmidt. Gonna be a, yeah. It's going to be a Donovan double and a Goldschmidt home run. That's what's going to happen, boys. Do you think they still keep this lineup tomorrow, even if things don't necessarily work out? Or if they do work out, do they continue with this lineup? I think this is your lineup for the foreseeable future. Mixing in some Dylan Carlson. Who else are you going to mix in, though? Who else is on the bench? Well, your... Alec Burleson, he has to play. I can pick, I can pick up the sarcasm. Okay, it looks like a wide zone today in uh, D.C. Wide zone. 
This home plate umpire, whoever it was, just called a uh, strike in the other batter's box. <laughs> Enrico Palazzo behind the plate. I guess so. Hey! Uh, that was awful. That was awful. How are they not arguing that? You can't accept that. Early in the game, you have to stop and be like, hang on. Ali's got to get tossed right away. I told you is Josiah that, Gray would carve this team up. Oh, come on. Be like, is that really your strike zone? <laughs> if I'm it just is, asking. it's fine. Yeah. If it's going to be three feet outside the strike zone, that's fine. We're going to paint the corners out there, too, with our guy, right. okay? Yeah, if you're Donovan, you're like, I, I just need to make my adjustments, okay? You, you do your thing. I might need a longer bat to get to that strike. <laughs> I may need to get risk. I, I might need to risk getting hit because I got to scoot so so close to the plate. Not a great look, but yeah, I think this is I think this is your lineup moving forward here. And why yeah. not? Jamie mentioned this before. You got you got pop up and down the lineup. You've got you know solid on base guys. You've got a, a, you got two good table setters there, and Donovan and Goldschmidt. Is it your best defensive setup though? Yes, I don't agree. I think Tommy Edmond playing second base or Brendan Donovan playing second base and putting Dylan Carlson in left field is your best defensive alignment. And taking so taking DeYoung out. No, well taking Gorman out at second. Well then you take him out of you take him out of the lineup. I then. understand that. I didn't say your offense. I said is this your best defensive lineup because you were all about the D last week. I'm all about the D always. I understand that. Defense but, wins championships. But you were particularly all over it last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Jamie, every week. I'm not going to shy away from that. I asked you. If you don't have the D, you don't get it done. Mm. 100%. But is this lineup that we're looking at? It's not the best defensive lineup. Yeah, Nolan Gorman made a few nifty plays. You want to go glove there or not? I mean, you tell me. You want to go glove guy or not? No. Wow. <laughs> no. I don't. I want Nolan Gorman's bat in the lineup. I did not see that coming. <laughs> Fine. We'll no. just lose another one-run game on a defensive lapse. Oh, stop. You've uh, been real negative today. I yeah. haven't. Yeah. I'm trying to boost up this team. I want to see this team keep winning. You First, guys are like, you, we don't you care. You accuse Anthony of being negative. You even... Have the, the listeners thinking Anthony was negative. Yeah. They thought someone maybe pooped in his coffee today. Oh, no. Someone did. I didn't even drink coffee this morning. That we know of. Did you have it? <laughs> Might have been all poop, I guess. Did you have a sip of that protein shake, Anthony? <laughs> oh, no. Did you doctor it? Did uh, you doctor it? No. Oh, come on. Have a sip. Congratulations to Chris from New Athens. He had the correct answer to our trivia question today about hard-hitting Mark Witten. When he homered, had that four-home run game back in 93. Who were the Cardinals playing that day? Chris had the correct answer, which is the Reds. So he's going to go see the Cardinals and Astros. Got a four-pack of tickets to next Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash game. And we've got a four-pack of tickets to give away each and every day during our show. So make sure that you're locked in. We'll have more trivia questions for you so you can uh, win a four-pack of tickets yourself. Will the Blues be in on Clayton Keller if he becomes available. I think Jamie's skeptical on that. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Will the Blues be in on Clayton Keller if he becomes available? It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. 
We've got some audio from Elliot Friedman. Let's hear it. St. Louis has made a lot of noise about willing to do things, but they they haven't done anything major yet. But this person said to me, you would be foolish to think that they won't be doing something. And he believes they're one of the teams that's going to be very interesting to watch as we get through the draft and and around that time. And, you know, what this person believes is that they're waiting to see if there's any chance like a Keller becomes available. That's a natural match because he's a, a St. Louis guy and yeah. and that's where he's from. But even if not, you know, he said to me, that the Blues, at some point in time, there's no way they're sticking with the status quo. None. All right, Jamie, your thoughts on <laughs> Elliot Friedman's thoughts about Clayton Keller and the Blues. Oh, Elliot. <laughs> You're so cute. No, honestly, like, of course the Blues would be interested in Clayton Keller. Just like they'd be interested in Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl yep. or... Yep. And here's where it doesn't make any sense for me. Clayton Keller is $7.1 million on the salary cap. Hmm. Where are you getting that? Well, Jamie, if you just get rid of all the players that the Blues fans don't like, you free up a bunch of space. Yep. It's easy. All those no-trade clauses. Oh, you fight. That's not our job. It's Army's job. <laughs> I know. Boy, this I, is easy. I just love how uh, I might be I might be the irrational fan more. That was easy. I just love how certain media outlets just kind of throw crap against They just them. throw it out there. Like, like do know, they not know what the salary cap is? Does it not make them probably, sitting here talking they about legitimate? Right? They probably didn't look. No, they probably did. Uh they overlook it. And it, I I could say anything right now. I'd say, "Hey, look, um you know, Doug Armstrong's looking to make some noise over the summer and you know Austin Matthews only has one year left with the Maple Leafs I mean that's he he's 10 million dollars but you know who cares <laughs> let's go get him right if he's a good player you go f- you figure it out Jimmy. and you know the tying it back to he's a St. Louis kid it's irrelevant well, I, it's a nice it's a cherry on top not every irrelevant. person wants to necessarily play in the town they grew up in mm-hmm. maybe they do maybe they don't like I, I just I I don't know. Connecting the pieces like that and just loosely connecting them and saying, well, St. Louis would love to get a guy like Clayton Keller. Uh, he's a, he's from St. Louis, and Doug Armstrong wants to make some noise. All three of those things are true. They don't necessarily go together. Mm-hmm. So I, to, to ponder the thought, Clayton Keller is a hell of a young player. He would be an amazing player here for your St. Louis Blues. What could you give up? or move in order to make that work. Like, I just don't know if you have enough because here's the thing is I don't know where the Arizona coyotes are with this, whatever they're doing. Yeah. If they're doing a rebuild, uh, Clayton Keller is the guy you're building around. He's the only player you have worth building around. I'm not joking. I'm looking at the roster right here. Clayton Keller is it. You're not building around Lawson Krause. You're not building around Zach Cassian, are you? I wouldn't. No, those guys probably Liam O'Brien, Jack McBain. You're not building around any of these guys. You don't I, even have a defenseman anymore. I would rather build around the actual Bane. Yeah, me too. You don't have anything, and you don't even have goaltending. 
the most well-known player that you have on your roster currently is Shea Weber, who's retired, by the way. They're just eating his salary cap. So it, it do- doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for Bill Armstrong to trade your franchise player. And you could suggest for young players or draft picks, Clayton Keller is only 24 years old. Yeah. It's, at some point, you have to build around those guys. Yeah. And when you look at the draft... Anthony, look at this. If you pull up cap friendly, look at the amount of dots that Arizona has. That's all the draft picks that they have available. They that they have accrued right. by getting rid of everybody. This yeah. particular draft alone, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve picks in six rounds. Yeah. That's two picks per round. It's more than that. They've got four third rounders and two first rounders. You move on to some of the other years that you got even more draft picks in 24 and 25. So they're clearly clearly headed upward with this. They're in the full rebuild. Clayton Keller, where you gave him a, what, seven, eight-year deal at $7.1 million. he is what you're building around. I'm, I'm so all for it. So it's sexy to talk about it. Right. But w- what would you do? Like, trade for what? Yeah. We I'm, had a text from the, from the 917. Would it be beneficial to swap Cairo for Keller? The, I mean, and the Coyotes aren't doing it. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus. Clayton Keller, who last year had 86 points in 82 games on the worst team or one of the worst teams in the NHL. Like, I know the Blues weren't great. They had a bad season. They weren't as bad as the Arizona Coyotes. Jordan Cairo had Robert Thomas, Braden Shen, Buchnevich, Barbashev. Like, you go down the list of players that he had to play with. They're not on the Coyotes. Clayton Keller, if you if you dropped him into the Blues lineup, he'd have 100 points next year. Bottom line. So, although you'd like, uh, although a lot of our fan base would like to uh, move on from Jordan Cairo, even though he also is just a very young man who has an innate ability to, I don't know, create instant offense. Uh, I, for one, would probably put a little more time into developing his all-around game before I would just trade him. Uh, and oh, we have a suggestion here: Pareko in a late first-round pick. Okay, okay. Full no-trade clause for Colton Pareko. Do you think Colton Pareko is going to go from the Enterprise Center to the Mullet Arena? That's eh, a nice arena yeah. for college team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's not going to happen. And then who do you replace Colton Pareko with? Who's your replacement? The guy you drafted uh, number ten. Oh yeah, it's easy, Jamie. He's going to step into the NHL right away. Mm-hmm. I I just yeah, I get frustrated over some of these things that pop up out there because yes, would the Blues like to have Clayton Keller? Hundred percent. Show me a path to where it makes sense financially and player wise. Like how, how are you getting Clayton Keller? Because the Coyotes do not need your draft picks. They don't. They've got twelve this year. They don't yeah, put need... yourself in the Coyotes. Put yourself in the Coyotes' shoes. Yeah. You're right. Because and at some point... Even if you want to unload a couple of your contracts, like if you said, okay, we're going to package together four guys. Yeah. They'd, How, have, they'd have to say they go. And what's and what's in it for What's in it for the Coyotes long term? the Coyotes? Like you're getting rid of a franchise player. Let's say you, you got wild and you're like, we're going to go with Scandella. We're going to go with you know a couple of young forwards or whatever, like or, or, mm-hmm. or third or fourth line guys. And here you go. You get four players. But if you're going to trade anybody off of your roster with any real potential value, they all have no trade clauses. 
Do we have anyone retiring this upcoming season that maybe they'd be interested in? <laughs> Do we already have current players that are retired that they pick <laughs> up their salary? That's the problem is you don't really have anything to float out there. And when you look at your forward lineup, the guys that you would trade, you you want. So it's difficult to even process something like that because Braden Shen, Booch, Saad all have uh, no trade clauses. Your top four defensemen have no trade clauses, as well as Marco Scandella, who has a modified no trade clause. He can present seven teams that he would not go to. I guarantee he wouldn't go to the Coyotes. So, yes to Clayton Keller. I'd love to have him. Uh, I just personally don't see a path to where you get from where you're at to acquiring him and getting under the salary cap, as well as moving players that probably don't want to be moved. Jack Flaherty off to a pretty rough start. Already in the first inning, the Nationals have jumped out to a 3-0 lead. Flaherty, 27 pitches thus far. The Nationals have hit a couple of ropes down the line for some doubles. Nothing has left the park at this point, uh, but they're they're hitting them hard. Flaherty's got two outs, but he's still not out of the inning at this point. Again, the Nationals are up 3-0 on the Cardinals. The only matinee game going on right now in Major League Baseball as the Cardinals and Nationals open up a three-game set. Uh, and, well, fortunately, they just got out of the inning thanks to a, a, a horrible base-running blunder hmm. by the one and only Corey Dickerson, who's playing for Washington what? now. Yep. Do you think this is a huge series for him? Corey Dickerson? <laughs> yeah. This is, this is hashtag revenge series. And he already drove – he just drove in two. Uh, or one. Maybe it was one. Man, it would so be nice to have a guy like that on your team. <laughs> Marsh, I'm going to stop you there. No, it wouldn't. What's trending is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half price Cardinals ticket voucher. Welcome back to the Fastlane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers. I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, St. Louis's own Bradley Beal is on the move. The Suns finalizing a deal to add Bradley Beal in trade with the Wizards. The three-time All-Star from Washington will head to the Suns in exchange for Chris Paul, Landry Shamet, and future picks. That is uh, reportedly... The move. Well, you know, for the Wizards, they're 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 going to go through a rebuild, and uh, you know, with Chris Paul, it's a shame that Chris Paul, for as uh, talented as he's been, it's unfortunate that Phoenix couldn't get it done with him because I think he's a really good player and he's a really good leader. But they they, despite having that talented team. They weren't able to get it done last year. So now Washington's in a rebuild, so they acquire Chris Paul. Maybe they'll flip him, Jamie. It doesn't make much sense. If you are going to go through a rebuild, it doesn't make much sense to hold on to a veteran in in Chris Paul. But from the Suns' perspective, if you look at Bradley Beal, he's going to play alongside Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. The Suns are trying to win a title. So it makes sense from, from their standpoint to add Beal, who's 29, you know he's a vet, veteran player, been in the been in the league for forever. He's well established. Why not try to mix things up when you know that the current group couldn't get it done a year ago for you? So good move for them. 
yeah, it's kind of typical NBA stuff, really. You get a team that's on the cusp of maybe being in the conversation for a championship, and uh, you make a trade. Or somebody calls their agent and forces their way out of a, a situation. Sure. It's just kind of the way that the, the business side of it uh, rolls with the NBA. So we'll see how we'll see ultimately how all this shakes out. But uh, yeah, Phoenix Suns look like they're trying to pick up some speed here. Do you guys wish that some other leagues did like similar business practices as what the NBA does? Like the NBA just finished. You'd think there'd be like somewhat of a lull. Just mm-hmm. immediately, boom, Suns trade for Bradley Beal, new big three in the West. Now the Denver Nuggets have a team that they have to look out for. So do we wish there's more active trades in other leagues? Yeah, it just seems like the NBA always is capturing headlines, yeah. even when the season's over. I wish other sports did that. I think like the, the NFL, NFL does. The yeah. NFL does, but in a different manner, mm-hmm. to your point. They don't They don't have a lot of trades. I know that yeah, the last couple of years have been some good trades. We yeah. had Aaron Rodgers this year, Russell Wilson a year ago. You've had some you have some bigger trades in the NFL, but the NFL has captured the 365-year schedule. I think that that the NBA is right on par, Jamie. Yeah. NHL's not too far off either, though. <clears throat> now, they lose a little bit late summer when things really slow down, but the Stanley Cup finals just ended. You got the draft coming up in two weeks. I know there's a window there, but there's already some contract extensions, some buyouts that have happened. Like not major stuff like what we just you know, listed off for the NBA, but yeah. coming leading up to the draft and at the draft, there could be some major shakeups. And then you follow that up with free agency right after. The NHL kind of captures it until about mid to late July, and then it really slows down. August and September are, I don't say irrelevant, but there's really nothing going on. So to your point about having 365 days of stuff that you can talk about, mm-hmm. The NHL doesn't quite get there. I don't know how you change that because there's really there's nothing left to do yeah. in August and September for the most part. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. Guys, Joey Votto of the Reds is joining the team. He was on the 60-day IL, and he will be batting sixth and playing in tonight's game against the Rockies. The Reds, uh, they look pretty good right now. I know the National League Central is crowned as one of the, one of the worst divisions in baseball but uh that's another team that is playing in my opinion out of their mind right now we were talking before the show started about ellie de la cruz mm-hmm. he beat out a ground ball to first base i can't believe i just said that sentence out loud but that is what we're seeing from the cincinnati reds right now they get some good young talent jonathan india obviously de la cruz who you just mentioned that guy's a mutant he certainly is he hit a line drive to first base and, got, and beat it yep First baseman literally caught the ball and sprinted to first base. A and great play. I mean, still didn't get him. Yeah, he's a stud. Matt McClain, his, you know, we saw him. He had a really good series against the Cardinals. He's done some things. Spencer Steer has come up and done, done good. And then he got good young pitching as well in Cincinnati. This is the argument also to be made. Don't forget about a young team. If you're like, oh, why can't the Cardinals do this? Yeah. The Reds are going with youth. They're going with a lot of young players that they either acquired in trades after selling off pieces or drafted them and developed them. Who knows? Cincinnati may settle in in fourth place in the National League Central when it's all said and done. But yes, Marsh, they they are they are exciting. But this is how they built themselves. This is not a team that went out in, in the offseason and spent big. The last couple of years, really, I mean, four or five years now, the front office has flipped the bird to its fans and said, hey, what? You'll get you'll get what we give you, and you'll like it. 
But it's been a young team now that is exciting. They're playing well. And this is the benefits. And the 10 fans that show up to the Great American Small Park, they're enjoying this right now. It makes me wonder, <laughs> like, what Nolan Arnato was saying the other day, how this team is too young. Yeah. I just don't – I look at teams like the Reds, and it just – that doesn't make any sense. I don't like, think they're he playing good they're ball. too young. He's like, he we have too much we, youth. No, nah, he didn't say it like that. He says we have a lot of young guys. He didn't say we have too many young guys. Well, yes, but – I, what I got out of that was the team is too young to sort of execute. They don't have the, the experience. I got out of it that it was the young guy's fault. <laughs> He's blaming the young guys. I did. That's what I got out of it. I th- I thought it was a subtle push to the front office. Hey, we need to win with like veteran players. And if you want to kind of connect the dots to his to his ending the finale in Colorado there. What was he ticked off about? Why do you want to get traded? So he thought the front office of Colorado was going to spend some money, was going to be active in free agency. Maybe Arnado feels or felt at the time, coming off another embarrassing loss, which was last, what, Wednesday, that, that walk-off against the Giants, not the walk-off, but the Giants come from behind victory. Maybe he felt like, we, we need a star-studded lineup. If that's the case, look what's going on in... Philadelphia right now, or the Mets. Those are two teams that spent big. The Padres, another team, spent big or acquired big-time veteran players. They're not getting it done either. I think this season has shown more than anything that there's no one way to build a team. The Rays don't spend a bunch of money. They're the best team in baseball. The A's don't spend any money. They're one of the worst. The Braves have a loaded lineup that features both International, or not both, it features international players, homegrown players, drafted players, trade acquisitions, free agent signings. The Braves have it all. I don't think there's just one way to build a roster. So when we get frustrated about the Cardinals not spending or not being aggressive, let's just keep in mind that other teams in baseball are winning in a similar manner. It's just they're actually winning and the Cardinals are not. Guys, I brought this up before the show. We were sort of joking about it, but uh, here's John Denton's tweet yesterday talking about Andrew Kisner and his catching equipment, which if you watched the game yesterday, it looked like he was wearing the opposite team's colors, blue and orange. He said, catcher Andrew Kisner is wearing this Nike design catching gear today. His teammates gave him lots of grief about the colors looking like those of the Mets. Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arnato, and others are wearing the same blue slash purple slash orange Nike cleats. So I kind of looked into this. I could not find anything as to why he was wearing like the opposite colors. I don't know if this is on Nike for getting the color scheme wrong, if they maybe left equipment back here in St. Louis. Yeah, some, or, that's weird. You yeah. have another theory. Oh, yeah, it's that Kisner wants to be traded to the Mets, and so does Goldschmidt and Arnado. Yeah, they all want to play for the Mets. That was that was the thought I had. Hmm. Jamie, your thoughts? I don't know what my thoughts are on this, because it's clearly New York Mets colors. Yeah, Kisner looked like he was – if you just looked at it real quick, you'd thought, you would have thought that it was who Alvarez or Alonzo, whoever the catcher is for the Mets. You, you would have thought it, it was him. It was and- Kisner. Then Arenado and Goldie were in the cleats, too. That's confusing. Oh, yeah, they want to be traded. So my initial thought, and one of the texters 
texted in uh, from the 314. It was the Nike Father's Day gear. And so I'm. that's what I thought, too. Except for the, the Father's Day gear was more of like a lighter it's shade light of blue. blue. Like, this just didn't look at all like what the Father's Day stuff was. So no, maybe that's it on like Nike. New York Mets it did. gear. I don't get it. Somebody here says, yeah, blue for Father's Day. I understand that. Not the, not the shade of blue. That's a, it's if, the if wrong that, shade of blue. If that was what was presented to me, like, so I can tell you this from past experience. When you talk to your equipment providers, when you're at the top of the food chain in any sport, yeah. NHL, NBA, NFL, and you tell them you request something specific for a certain game or a day or whatever, you have the opportunity to see it. And I, I can't imagine that Andrew Kisner looked at this and said, uh, hmm. I want to look like the Mets when I play the Mets. <laughs> so I don't know what happened. If maybe the provider, uh, who knows, man. It's just, it, I mean, it's not like this massive thing. It's just sort of perplexing. Yeah. Jim, you've done it again. I wanted to look like the Mets gear. You accomplished it. Thanks, buddy. By the way, the Cardinals are now down 5-0. Jack Flaherty, uh, 43 pitches in. To the second inning where he's yeah, only got one a, out. The Nationals seems a juggernaut. And the Nationals are uh, taking Jack Flaherty behind the woodshed. I can't believe it. Everything that he pitches is getting hit right now. The bottom of the second inning, and he is floating stuff into the strike zone. Mm. The powered offense. By the way, we get a text from the 618. I saw on Twitter it was for prostate cancer awareness. So maybe that was... So the blue, that specific blue was for prostate awareness? They're always blue with orange. Blue and orange, Jamie? No? I don't know. Okay. I, I think it was just ironic. I don't think we know. Don't you think? We, we may never know. But this is why really? we had the text line helping us <laughs> out. It's more a sad joke, really, Jamie? Even you, you stopped. I can tell in your face you're like, don't. <laughs> no, just keep the feet moving. <laughs> Even after you threw it out there. Yeah. Like, please, just keep going. Alanis Morissette joke. This is where we're at. Alanis and I went on a date back in when I was 14 years old. That I heard about that. Story. I heard about that. Yeah. How'd it go? Uh, we didn't get a second date. <laughs> I don't think I was. The more you were. Did you not get one or did she not get one? Great question, That's kind Marsh. of both of us, actually. We both went to this party. It was a party from this kid. Went to Canterbury High School at, uh, in Ottawa. And uh, Alanis and I were kind of introduced for some friends and we said we're going to go on a date and we went to this party together and I think we both ended up interested in other people mm. at the party. So uh, That's what, good though. What could have been, Alanis, you really messed up. <laughs> Look what happened to you after. <laughs> <laughs> you could have been somebody. <laughs> you yeah. just stuck with me. I heard your albums. You were miserable. <laughs> 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 Wouldn't it be great if instead of isn't because didn't she write a lot of her songs about the dude from Full House? Oh yeah, Joey. Well, Joey. Allegedly. allegedly, allegedly. Some people think it was about Jamie. That's what, that's what uh, I was thinking. A couple thinking. of hockey uh, guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wasn't me. Honestly, I didn't do it. I can't even say I did this to you. I didn't. This I, is your fault. I nope. think I think it was about Jamie. David Freeze. Interesting. Interesting headlines over the weekend. David Freeze will not, uh, he, he declined, respectfully declined the Cardinals' invitation to join their Hall of Fame. Get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
Sheamus has tied it. 7-7. Breeze hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. Joe Buck on the call. Fox Sports. Of course, David Freeze in 2011 helps the St. Louis Cardinals win the World Series. I was very surprised, as I'm sure a lot of people were, over the weekend when David Freeze respectfully declined the invitation to join the Cardinals Hall of Fame class with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. But after reading his explanation, one, I thought it was very heartfelt. I thought it, it the way that he spoke about how this was a very difficult decision for him and how he thought about the Cardinals fan base who voted him into this Cardinals Hall of Fame. He really agonized over this decision, but I have a lot of respect for David Freese. But this is what he said. He goes, this is something that I have given an extreme amount of thought to, humbly, even before the voting process began. I am aware of the impact I had helping the team bring great memories to the city I grew up in, including the 11th championship, but this honor means more to me, said Freeze. I look at who I was during my tenure, and that weighs heavily on me. The Cardinals and the entire city have always had my back in every way. I'm forever grateful to be a part of such an amazing organization and fan base then, now, and in the future, continued Freeze. I'm especially sorry to the fans that took the time to cast their votes. Cardinal Nation is basically the reason why I've unfortunately waited so long for this decision and made it more of a headache for so many people. I feel strongly about my decision and understand how people might feel about this. I get it. I'll wear it. Thank you for always being here for me, and I am excited to be around the Cardinals as we move forward. He didn't feel right accepting that. He didn't feel right looking at who else is in the Cardinals Hall of Fame, Jamie, both on and off the field throughout their career. And mm-hmm. he, he decided to respect, respectfully decline. I, I respect his decision. The fact that he thought about it and not just said, yeah, great, cool, I'm in. He thought about this. Yeah, so here's where I go. Uh, a couple of different directions. One is, quite honestly, some of Cardinal Nation is responsible for this. Because if you scroll through social media and things like that, there are a lot of people that have a very strong opinion as to why he should not be in the Cardinals Hall of Fame and why he should not get a red jacket. And for the same reasons that David Freeze is alluding to, that he feels like his tenure here as a St. Louis Cardinal does not equal uh, what some of the other Cardinals Hall of Famers did wearing the birds on the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what I'd tell David, okay? Uh, and I'd tell him tomorrow if I saw him, is that he's not wrong. Over the course of his Cardinals career, he did not do as much or accomplish as much overall as maybe most of the people wearing the red jackets. Mm-hmm. But here's where he's a little bit wrong, in my opinion. That playoff performance is ingrained in Cardinals folklore forever. Forever. So why are we splitting hairs now over a Hall of Fame you know, length as a Cardinal as opposed to impact Mm -hmm. as a Cardinal. So I would tell David that without him, they don't win the, it's clear they don't win the World Series. He's a homegrown kid that blew up in the playoffs and won a World Series for the St. Louis Cardinals, one of the most historic franchises in all of baseball. Mm -hmm. That playoff alone 
We'll have him in the conversation forever. That Joe Buck clip, I don't even know how many times we play that. Every year on the anniversary of it, I, we see it everywhere. And not just locally. We see national David Freeze, the hit heard around the world that night. Him burying that thing over the center field wall. So my pushback to David Freeze is that you're correct as far as your, your, your whole body of work. But what you did do is so monumental in the history of the franchise for that particular time that I almost feel like you accept the red jacket and you go into the Cardinals Hall of Fame knowing, and everybody else knows that too. Yeah. Nobody's saying, he was, boy, he was a career guy. Like, man, his numbers over his entire career. Like, yeah. I don't think anybody's foolish enough to be saying that. But I do feel like Car- the history of the Cardinals franchise David Freeze is in there. He's a chapter in that book. No doubt. So that's where I, I differ with it. And I understand David's personal reasons, too. You know, he had some difficulties um, off the field as well. It, it is tough. I, I went through it. I played in Ottawa for just for a year. But you got all your buddies, your high school buddies, the guy, the crew you used to roll with. They're all still doing the same things that you used to always do. And some of them have grown up. Some of them haven't. Uh, you're pulling you in different directions. You're doing things that you may or may not want to be doing or you should or shouldn't be doing. And I know David went through a few of these things himself. And I know he looks at it, he goes, you know, when I look at the Cardinals overall, you know, they're, they're, the way they helped me off the field and they helped me through some things and all that, he feels like he has taken more from the Cardinals than he has given the Cardinals. Um, but my opinion on that is that's why you're part of the Cardinals family. It's no different than the Blues. It's no different than some of the other franchises that really help and take care of their players. Mm-hmm. Like you, you guide and you see your players through everything is if they're good people. And David Freed's a good person. So I don't know. That, those are my thoughts on it. And I could be way out to lunch on some of this, but I do feel like what he did as a Cardinal, one, will forever be remembered. And two, especially with the class of people like this year, I feel like he's more than deserving of that. Yeah, Jamie, well said. All the way around. Well said all the way through. I agree. I completely agree. 2011. You can talk about the end, how that regular season wound up, the comeback in the standings, what you needed on that final day. You could talk about that. You could talk about Chris Carpenter versus Roy Halladay in the playoffs. One of the most, I mean, that was a legendary pitching battle on both sides. But David Freeze is synonymous with the 2011 World Series championship. When you think of that championship, while other memories may come to mind, it's that moment. Him hitting the home run in game six. And you're right, Jamie. David Freeze wouldn't stand up there and say, yeah, I had the same Cardinals career as all these other guys, Bob Gibson and Sam Musial. He wouldn't do that. And anybody that would point that out would just be doing so in a manner that really is unproductive. So if he, if he did accept it, I, I there would have been no pushback, certainly, from us. You're absolutely right. He goes down in Cardinals, and he still will. Red jacket or not, he still goes down in Cardinals history as, as somebody that made one of the most impactful moments in the in the history of this organization. We get one from the 314 and I think this represents probably the same sentiments from a lot of people here in Cardinal Nation. It says the history of my life involves David Freeze. There you go. Well said. I well mean, said. What else do you need to say? Yep. 
So I respect his decision. I think it's very mature. I think it's well, well thought out from the side of what he's expressing. I do feel like David missed the boat on just how impactful though he was as an individual in, in Cardinal history. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. The Gauntlet is next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. 403, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. We welcome in James. What's up, James? Hey, what's up, guys? Not too much. You uh, coming off a good weekend? Yeah, yeah. I had my birthday yesterday, so. Well, happy belated birthday to you. Happy Thank you. Happy birthday on 24, Father's Day, huh? 24 Sweet. years old, James? Oh, I wish. You know, add about 21 years to that. Oh, all good. Fair enough. First time in the gauntlet? Yes. Excellent. Welcome in. Uh, I'm sure you've thought about who you wanted to take on first. I'm sure you've thought about the order of things. So I have. I have. So I'm going to have to go with the guy I've listened to for years and go with Jamie Rivers on this. There you go, Jamie Rivers. All right, James. Let's do this, buddy. Best of luck. All right, I'm ready. All right, so Jamie's going to make his way into the cone of silence. James, your first order of business. Tell Marsh to spin the wheel. Marshy, spin that wheel. Here we go. All right, James, what are you hoping for, man? Uh, well, I like hockey and uh, random trivia. Maybe not football so much. So. Oh, oh no. Oh. Oh. It went from baseball, James, and at the football. last second ticked into football. <laughs> well, let's do it. All right. Uh, football is the category today. James and Jamie are going to get the same four football questions today. Each question is worth two points unless James or Jamie need the options, then those questions are only worth one point. And don't fret, James. Jamie has a record of 3-7 and seven in the Gauntlet 2.0 football category. All right. All right. That gives you some confidence. Yes. The odd, odds are on your side. He only wins 30% of the time is what that means. Yep. Now, after this, I won't know what the percentages are. I just, you know. No, no. Forget that. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. All right, James. You ready? Yep. Let's do this. Question number one. In the 1999 regular season before the St. Louis Rams won the Super Bowl, who led the team in receiving yards? In the 1999 regular season before the St. Louis Rams won the Super Bowl, who led the team in receiving yards? Uh, between Bruce and Falk. Um, you know, let's go with Marshall. Marshall Falk. Final answer. All right. Question number two. Who was the first team the Kansas City Chiefs beat in the playoffs this past season? Oh, gosh. Um, Options. Options are the Chargers, the Bengals, or the Jaguars? Um, I'm going Jaguars. Final answer. James, question number three. The first time the Pittsburgh Steelers won the Super Bowl in 1975... Which team did they beat 16 to 6? Oh, that's uh, I'm gonna have to go with options on that Minnesota Vikings, Dallas Cowboys, Los Angeles Rams. 
Man. I don't think the Rams went that time. What was the first one again? Minnesota Vikings. Uh, you know what? Let's go Cowboys. Final answer. Question number four. In what city will next year's Super Bowl be held? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Had to get football. Uh, options. Your options are San Francisco, Vegas, or New Orleans. Oh, man. Vegas or San You know, let's go with Sin City itself, Vegas. Final answer. I'm sure I'm wrong. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Gosh. James, I'll save you the uh, the question that I normally ask how you're feeling because I think you've given us a, enough indication of that. I, I feel better than Flaherty did today. How's that? Ah, wow. wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's uh, saying much, uh, great. but nonetheless, I, I like yeah, not, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, well, topical. Not great. Hey, guys. Hey, Jamie. How we doing? Good, man. How are you? Well, Anthony, you tell me. How am I? Don't Marsh. Better pack the lunch. Son better pack that. that lunch. All right. Jamie, your category is football. Oh, yes. Football Football. is your category. Question number one. Yeah. In the 1999 regular season before the St. Louis Rams won the Super Bowl, who led the team in receiving yards? Okay, hang on. Read that again. I really wasn't listening to you. In the 1999 regular season Mm -hmm. before the St. Louis Rams won the Super Bowl, who led the team in receiving yards? Torrey Holt or Isaac Bruce? Or there's an outlier that I'm missing, right? Right? I don't know. Um, I will not respond. You know what? Outside just for the sake of the outlier alone, uh, give me the options, please. Sure. Tory Holt. Yeah, there it is. Isaac Bruce. Mm. Marshall Falk. Oh, you dirty son of a... <laughs> Kurt Warner probably dumped over like 47 passes to Marshall Falk on the screenplay. No, he didn't. Um, Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt. I'm going to go with Torrey Holt. Final answer, because I feel like Isaac Bruce is an obvious one. Question number two. Question two, please. Who was the first team the Kansas City Chiefs beat in the playoffs this past season? Who was the first team they beat in playoffs? Wow. Uh, Okay, so I'm going through here in my Rolodex of teams. Who the hell did they beat in the first round? Anthony, why am I going full, like, post-concussion syndrome here? Options. I'm blank. Your options are the Chargers, the Bengals, or the Jaguars. Hmm. Jaguars. Final answer. Question three, Jamie. The first time the Pittsburgh Steelers won the Super Bowl in 1975... Which team did they beat 16 to 6? Options. Minnesota Vikings, Dallas Cowboys, Los Angeles Rams. Minnesota Vikings. Final answer. Question number four. In what city will next year's Super Bowl be held? <laughs> Options. San Francisco, Vegas, New Orleans. Vegas. Final answer. 
All right, let's go over these. <laughs> Who's the first team the Kansas City Chiefs beat in the playoffs this past season? James, you went with the, the uh, Jaguars. Jamie, you went with the Jaguars. Correct answer is... It's Jacksonville, but... Yeah. Both of you needed the options. 1-1 one, one tie between James and Jamie. In what city will next year's Super Bowl be held? James, you said Vegas. Huh. Jamie, you said Vegas. Correct answer is... It's Vegas. But... Both of you needed the options again. 2-2 <laughs> two, two tie. 2-2 two, two tie between Jamie and James today. In the 1999 regular season before the St. Louis Rams won the Super Bowl, who led the team in receiving yards? Jamie, you said Torrey Holt with the options. Oh, no. James, you said Marshall Falk without the options. As we know from Jamie requesting the options, uh, Marshall Falk is an option. I'm scared now. Correct answer is <laughs> Isaac Bruce. Hey, sometimes it is the obvious one. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a 2 2 tie between James and Jamie. Uh -oh. It comes down to this question. Both of you used the options. The first time the Pittsburgh Steelers won the Super Bowl in 1975, which team did they beat 16-6? to Jamie, you went with the Minnesota Vikings. James, you went with the Dallas Cowboys. If it's the Dallas Cowboys, James wins by a point. If it's the Minnesota Vikings, Jamie wins by a point. If it's the Los Angeles Rams, well, we've got a walk-off. <laughs> yeah? James. Yes. You have chosen poorly. You lose. It was Marsh's Minnesota Vikings that the Steelers okay. beat 16 to 6 in 1975, Dang. giving Jamie three points today in the gauntlet. James, I'm sorry, my friend. You finished with two. Happy belated birthday. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing today. Thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, have, James. Have a good, have a good one, man. buddy. You too. All right. Take care. There you go. I was a kid. <laughs> the Vikings. He list. looked at me. He goes, "Which which one is the the worst franchise out of all three? No, I actually, in my here's my process on that one, is I actually thought that Grant put it in there just to rub it in Marshy's face. So he's uh, been doing that lately. So the Vikings went, have been in, in the football <laughs> question. Like there was one. It was like. Who, who who did the Chiefs beat for the first time? And then when they won their Super Bowl, and it was the Vikings. <laughs> Well, something to think about. So yeah. I, I just was like, you know what? I hope it's the Vikings. <laughs> when in doubt, if it's what team is terrible and Minnesota's on there, more more than likely it's going to be them. In Grant's defense, were you here that one day I picked the Vikings for like the, the most Super Bowl losses? I thought it was the Vikings. It's actually the Patriots. I was there. You were there? I was there, yes. Okay. I was glad that you, I that you got that wrong, actually. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. It's the Fast Line on 101 ESPN. Uh, the Cardinals basically said to be patient. John Mozalek said, well, you know, just be patient. We got 90 something games. That was the tweet that Martin Kilcoin supplied for everybody on Friday. Well, one of Bobby Boogie's latest reports, Bob Nightingale of, the, uh, of USA Today, one of those reports that he had over the weekend, I think kind of fits hand-in-hand hand with the uh, be patient approach. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the 
Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Martin Kilcoin had the tweet over the weekend from uh, John Mozeliak. He had a conversation with John Mozeliak ahead of the Mets series last weekend. That stated, yeah, we feel, uh, look, we got to turn things around. We're not getting rid of Ollie. We're not making any changes. We've got 90-plus games. Everything's going to be fine. It's the picture of the dog, the cartoon dog sitting there, the house on fire, <laughs> and him saying, this is fine. What is that from? Was it that one, or was it the one where the guy has the stick and he's poking? The- That's Cardinals fans. Yeah, do something. That's Cardinals fans. Mm-hmm. That's their cartoon. Mm. The Mo cartoon gotcha. is the dog sitting there, mm. the house on fire, saying, "And doesn't this he, like, is fine." Take a sip of coffee too. Yeah, oh yeah, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. He's good. He's good to go. All right. Bob Nightingale had uh, an interesting tweet over the weekend. Not a tweet, but one of his articles for usatoday.com had had uh, a nugget in there about the Cardinals' potential trade scenarios. And Jamie, Mm. I don't know if this is going to shock you at all, but Bobby Boogie, who you nicknamed, which I thought was just a a tremendous nickname that uh, you gave to him a couple of years ago, he says, no matter how (laughs) ugly the Cardinals' season gets, already sinking to depths since, uh, I'm sorry, already sinking to depths last seen since 1997, they privately say they are not trading all-star first baseman Paul Goldschmidt or all-star third baseman Nolan Arenado. It's a waste of time to even try. Again, that's according to Bob Nightingale. I would think that those things go hand-in-hand with what the Cardinals believe, Jamie, is you get enough time in a bad division, this thing's going to turn around. So all the stuff that we were talking about over the last week or so, Jamie, you can flush that down the toilet. Mm. There will be no urgency. There will be no moves. Be patient. T-shirts available at 101ESPN.com. So all jokes aside, all jokes aside on this one here, what did we really expect to happen? No, you're right. Like, if from a baseball standpoint, just even if you're sitting in your cubicle, uh, in your office, in the car right now, or even at your home, from from a smart baseball standpoint, what what moves could you potentially make? And don't say fire Ollie, because that was off the table. We knew it was off the table. So apart from firing the manager, what moves could you legitimately make where you don't lose the trade? right now Mm -hmm. because everybody in major league baseball they've all been watching too going wow what the hell's going on with the cardinals and if you pick up the phone and call another gm or another president and be like hey man we're uh looking about maybe making a move you're like yeah you are come to papa (laughs) because you know that the cardinals are desperate right now right so being patient is kind of the only move you have it's i should call it um Instead of being patient, it should be being hopeful is more like it. Because mm-hmm. John Mosley like hopes that this team turns it around even just a little bit or some of the players start to heat up a little bit so that if he is going to make a move, he has some leverage with said players. Or best case scenario, they start to win some games and close the gap with the Brewers or whoever's in first place on that given day. Yeah. 
But I just don't know if there's another move. I just don't know if there's anything else but being patient. There's no market yet. There's no trade market yet. It hasn't been established. Some some of you, one of you, may hear me say that and say, well, the, the Cardinals aren't going to... If there's nobody good to trade for, I guess you're just holding Mo's... No, listen to what I'm saying. There's no trade market yet. And there won't be for another couple of weeks. Nobody's making moves yet. You'd think the A's, if they're getting any any sort of phone calls on their players, wouldn't have traded guys already if, the, if there was a market. But as a seller, you want to wait. You want to make sure that as much people... Much teams are desperate to make a move, and you want some of those dominoes to start to fall so that less options are available for those contenders because whoever you're trading, that their value goes up. It's a deadline. Deadline spur action. There's no market. So, Jamie, to your point, there really isn't a move to be made right now. Could they have brought up Mason Wind? Yeah, but I don't. I don't think that's overly productive. Like, does, now you add Mason Wynn to the lineup, all of a sudden everything turns around? Right. It was more than one issue. And I think that's what's the frustrating part for all Cardinals fans and probably for the Cardinals' entire team, roster, management, and ownership is that it hasn't been isolated to just one thing. Right. By the way, <clears throat> you tuned in and you were frustrated after the first two innings where Jack Flaherty handed the Nationals a 5-0 lead? Well, you should have been patient. Brandon Donovan just tied things up with a three-run home run. It is now 5-5 in the top of the five. Top of the five. Top of the fifth. Brandon Donovan just launched one. Nobody had Donovan, I don't think, in the home mm. run derby. You right? had him in the hit, though. I had him in the beat the streak, so yeah. that's good. Did so, great. Thanks, Jamie. And I also got him winning or uh, hitting 15 Ding Dong Johnsons no, this you year. you said 20. I said 15. He said no, 20. I was right there with Anthony. Don't be pulling that. Thank you, 15. Marsh. It was 15. You don't tell me what I can and cannot don't you, pull. Don't you gaslight Marsh and I. I'm not. I know Anthony says a lot of things. A lot of that wrong, was not too. one of them. Thanks, Marsh. I'll right. back him up on that one. I appreciate oh, boy, you. you got Marshy on your back now. You know what? I like the support. I bet you do. So, yeah, Brenda Donovan just touching seats out there. What, what number is that for him? Drawing close to 15 there, Jamie? No. No? Okay. I think so 5-5, five, five, top 5. Wasn't it 20 that you said? You son of a... <laughs> See? See? You flip-flopper. <laughs> so, yeah, there's no, there, there's nothing, there, there's nothing to be done here. When you get close to the deadline, though, depending on where these fools are at, now we can start having the conversation about what, what Mo in the front office really thinks about them. They're really, they're, you can't do anything as of right now. You could fire the manager, yeah. And I know, I know a lot of people are frustrated yeah. by that, whatever. But when it comes to the roster, the roster and the direction of the club, we're going to know a lot by the deadline. If you're eight and a half games back at the deadline, like you're eight and a half games back now, to me, you have got to sell off the pieces that are not going to be here next year. And quite frankly, it would be inexcusable if they don't, Jamie. If no, they sit you- tight thinking they're going to climb eight and a half games back, at again, at the deadline, then that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's not happening. And they're naive. You have to follow the, the path of what Doug Armstrong did. He traded off every single unrestricted free agent to be. And then he stabbed the rest of the people right in the eye. Well, I don't know about that. 
Thought we have the quote. Uh, Marsh, can you pull that up, please? Oh, mm. well, Anthony, if your bingo card said that uh, Paul Goldschmidt would also hit a home run today right after Brendan Donovan, uh, go ahead and get your dabber out and just dab it. Yeah. Jamie, that's a real kick in the teeth there. Well, I'm happy that Donovan extended the beat the streak for me, I had Goldschmidt in the home run derby. Yeah. I was I was one hitter off. You know what's really going to suck hmm. is when Newt goes yard next here, <laughs> and I had Newt. You need to take the knife and jam it through their eye into their brain and kill them. There, there it was. Army knows. There it was. All right, so the Cardinals are now on the top. trade deadline, but uh, no. no. Yeah, maybe you did. But the Cardinals quick. have to sell off those pieces. Real quick, could you see the Cardinals selling and also buying to restructure their roster at the trade deadline? Yeah. They kind of did that. Remember the year they traded Tommy Pham? They traded Tommy Pham and I believe Luke Voigt that same year and added Gallegos. I could see them kind of doing that. Could you see them moving away from a few starters but also bringing in some starters. other starters. I mean, at the end of the day, they really can't get any worse, right? Yeah, it depends on uh, the scenario I could see is them acquiring, a, if again, they're out of it and they trade Montgomery, they trade Flaherty, I could see them getting starters that uh, that are kind of like, you know, right on the cusp of joining the big leagues. Whoever that guy is in, whoever, whatever organization – they got a pitcher that is in AAA now, but on the cusp of making it to the big leagues. I could see a deal like that. So you don't, you don't, you couldn't see them going after like a Lance Lynn, who's on the last part of his contract. What? Now he has a club option with the White what? Sox. Yeah, my question, why? my only question for why? that would be why? Why? Yeah, he's an older guy. You want old? Yeah. Wait, Andrew, I, I. I'm just going off of what this team has done in the past. Marsh, I got one question and just a follow-up on Jamie's question. Why? <laughs> what, why? Marsh, he's mad at you. He's not going to talk to you now. Look at him. What would be the point, Marsh? Are you? He had 16 strikeouts yesterday. What's yeah. his ERA? Nine? It's three. Oh, no, that's his career. Uh, <laughs> it's 651. Oh, okay. well, we got, you know what? We got plenty of 651s. He on fits right in. We got plenty of 651s. All right. We got guys in the organization that can give you a six five one ERA. Maybe not the sixteen Ks. I'll give you that. He only walked two. <laughs> I, I count that as a win. Put him in the bullpen. <laughs> he only gave up three runs. That sounds about right. He'll fit right in. <laughs> he went seven innings. <laughs> well, there you go. He's One not game, a fit, Marcy. Talk he's, about cherry picking. He's not a fit. <laughs> he pitches way too deep in the games. And he has way too many strikeouts, Marsh. You know the plan. You know the old tale by the sea. Come on. I, I mean, no. Judging the, after, out of his last Marsh, start, Anthony, I think, he's, I think he's a winner. The conversation's over, okay? I don't think he won, did he? Wasn't it a losing effort? Anthony, that's not a part of my conversation. <laughs> this guy's a loser. Just ask Marshy. Wasn't it a losing effort, too? I think it was. Anthony, calm down. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> He's like, move along. All right. It was a rough weekend for our city, SC. Not only do they lose to Nashville, but they got more injuries. That's next on 101 ESPN. Kyle got thrown out. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
Well, as Marsh just told you, City SC, as you know, they lose over the weekend to Nashville, but according to Bradley Carnell, the City SC manager, Clousdale, out at least another four more weeks, and Edward Leuven also out four to six weeks. This is a tough break there, Jamie. Talking about, I mean, you, you've been playing without Klaus, and you've been you've been managing very well. But to lose Leuven, who is the, one of the key facilitators of your offense, that it's a it's a, just a huge, huge detriment now. Well, he's your he's your free kick guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the guy you brought in for that specific reason is to create offense from uh, from the free kick concept of the game. So. I don't, you know, this is a team that, uh, like, let's just be completely honest here. They're still far exceeding what I think we all thought they could be. They're still tied for first place in their conference. Yeah, but, Jamie, this is a competitive team now. We're all in on it. We're all in on City. So let's talk about the fact that there's going to be a couple of guys down here. Let's not lose any momentum. What the hell are you talking about? They're down two key guys. I, I don't want to talk about them there. exceeding expectations, Jamie. Well, my... I don't give a crap. I want to win. All right, Anthony, tell me how you can do that. You got to rely on your system. Go ahead, Jamie. You got to. Re- this is this is the point Hang of on. the season. Stop. I want to write all this down. Thank Go you. Ahead. This is the point in the season. You're losing these guys, Jamie. I don't have to tell you this. You know, you got to rely. You got to fall back on your system. Okay. It's not about. City has never been about the individual player. They've always then why been are you about bringing up the those team. players as a big difference because they're the best. They just happen well, to be two of the best players outside of Roman Berkey. I don't think I didn't think they relied upon those guys. Well, one guy being out, it certainly stinks. Jamie, two guys being out. I mean, this is it's a huge blow. All right, as you were, rely on your system. Okay, nothing changes. Next man up, fall back on that boa constrictor defense. Go back to having the other teams make make the mistakes for you. Let's get back to having those own goals like we were seeing earlier in the year. Let's facilitate some of those. And let's let's keep this thing going in the right direction. But you gotta fall back on your identity. Hmm. That's well said, Anthony. Honestly. Uh, wow. Solid wow. defense, aggressive offense, and own goals. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's certainly a part of the game that has been beneficial for City SC. Getting back to my original point is that you've exceeded expectations, but now the expectations are based upon what you've already done this season. And you sit there in first place tied with LAFC. So although this is um, not good good news to have Klaus and Leuven out of your lineup, you got to power through it. I don't know who the next man up is as far as, you know, it's a situation where you don't replace those guys. You know, there's certain players on your roster that even though it's a next man up mentality, you know you can't replace those guys. Right. So you have to uh, play an even tighter system. You have to play an even more refined game with very few mistakes or turnovers because if you if you do play sloppy, it's going to hurt. And so for me, City SC has to you know, get back to what they've, always, they've done all season. I don't think they have to change anything. That's the bottom line. Is you, I mean, you, what you just said is fall back upon your system. Your system is that of you wait for, you pressure, create turnovers. When you create turnovers, you get on offense. Yeah. 
Don't change anything. You've had a couple of bumps in the road here recently. You lost to Dallas 2-0. You had the, uh, the, the tie game against L.A., and now you've lost to Nashville. Your next... Uh, your next opponent is Real Salt Lake. You got to get back at them. So Real, Real Salt Lake, yeah, yeah, whatever. Well, let's let's talk about. It. Let's talk about the. Let's let's make but sure we're guy, using Kyle the right lingo. Um, yeah, what the hell? You I get a red card for that. Yeah, we got we got him all fired up. I think Anthony. Well, first of all, first you guys of all, did it, ask him if there's one game that he could maybe punch somebody in the face. What wasn't. game would it be? Well, he but, said Sporting KC. Maybe he actually meant Nashville SC. Marshy, yeah. Marshy, well said. But here's the thing: he didn't punch somebody in the face. That's true. He he's, was he was trying about he it. was trying to make he was trying to make a classic football move on the pitch, mm. and he he wound up rolling rolling some guy up. Yeah, the and problem then Nash- is, is it, the problem is is that he he went too hard on the guy in the box. That's the problem. Okay, I mean Jamie, come on. Come on. I'm not I wouldn't have called it personally. The Nashville player acted like he got sniped. You telling your players not to play knee. hard? Thank Especially you. in the box? You got Actually, I would never tell anybody not to play hard in the box, okay? I, you got to defend that sucker at all costs. I'll tell you that much. When you're in that box, it over and over and over again. Jamie, you yeah, know. Anthony, that was really well said. I don't my point is, that shouldn't have been a red card. Okay? But the referee has no choice, almost. Well, then, you know, at this point, then, as the guy's faking like on the it. ground, then Hebert's got to go over there and really get his money worth. Okay, so fine. I'm fine with that. And we'll talk to Kyle about that at some point. I don't like the call. The problem was, is they put themselves in that situation to even have the call created. Well, yeah, you did have a turnover that led to the old breakaway there. Uh-huh. And Kyle, our guy, was getting after it, but... Again, he let the guy get too too far inside the box. You can't do that. You got to stop him before he gets in there. Could well, you imagine? You got to take better better care of the ball first before you get into the box. That's true. Which is what didn't happen. Manage on that the play. ball, and then it doesn't end up in the box. Exactly. Could you imagine how we talked about punching somebody? You know, you just get that one one sucker punch right out of the purge, right? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Because you actually just see that like a guy's about to kick the ball and out of nowhere he just gets sucker punched right yeah. in the I've face. often thought that full contact more, soccer would be incredible. Isn't that just rugby, rugby. though? <laughs> <laughs> no, because you can't use your hands. You can use your hands in rugby. That's true. It'd be would way it? better when some dude's leaning back to like get a kick and you just come in and drill him. Yeah, I mean, you can't tackle, but you could hit. Yeah, you get kick to, him in the back of the leg. You let them wear those little rugby helmets, though, just so everybody's yeah, everybody pre- somewhat safe. Yeah, go back to like the leather helmets from like they they bring back mm. the leather helmets from from football. You know what, Anthony? I still don't know how those were protective at all. Well, I wear them. You know, I, I thought it. I, I, I'm leather, sure they protected something. The leather skull cap. Good luck, fellas. Yeah, you're all protected now. I always love when people are like, well, you had less injuries then. Yeah, nobody reported anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you didn't have social media. Hell, back in the day, guys wore leather helmets. There was was no concussions. Yeah, because the the guys never said anything. (laughs) Guys were also smoking on the sidelines. You want to bring it back? They were. Hey, coach, you got an extra dart there? (laughs) Had a tough first half. That was real, man. (laughs)
There is a picture. Who the heck is it's that? A super, it's a famous Super Bowl oh, picture. I think uh, it's Lynn Dawson. Well, there was a famous kicker that uh, in a documentary I saw once that used to smoke while while kicking. Yeah, yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, yeah. That guy he had got a lot of some trouble from the United States either. No, he got into some trouble too. He had some off field stuff going he did, on there. Yeah, yeah. Something about gambling and people trying to collect <laughs> yeah, they, some money. Yeah, it was not good <laughs> not for that great, guy. Not great. But uh-uh. he did. He did hit a very meaningful. Yeah, he did field goal. Although he, he also broke his leg too in the biggest moment. That was a tough season for that team. It yeah. certainly was. It certainly sure. was. Yeah, it was Len Dawson. Super Bowl halftime. Small from there's, the Chiefs. There's another guy. I swear, Green Bay Packers. I used it to say ha- he's drinking a beer too. I used to have this uh, Vince Lombardi book as a kid, and there's a picture of a dude sitting on the bench with a jacket on because it's cold. His hands are covered in blood, and he's got a cigarette in his hand. I don't mm. know if it's during the game or if it was like post game. I wish I could remember. I'll, I'm going to research this. So. That picture exists. It's incredible. I don't know how we got here. All right. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Despite Bob Nightingale's report that the Cardinals will not, under any circumstance, trade their top two players, trading one of those guys is gaining some national steam. We'll tell you who's got the report next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Swing, fly ball, another one. That one's going to go. The Redbirds go back to back. Lucky number 13 for the reigning MVP, Paul Goldschmidt, on that hanging breaking ball from Josiah Gray. Talked about coming in. What adjustments he'd made, how he stayed away from the long ball and can't stay away from it here in this inning. Chip Carey. Our guy Brad Thompson, Bally Sports Midwest, from earlier today as the Cardinals erase a 5-0 lead provided by Jack Flaherty, unfortunately, for the Nationals in the first two innings. They clawed back. Brendan Donovan hit the the three-run game-tying home run in the top of the fifth. Immediately after that, you heard the Paul Goldschmidt home run to make it 6-5. And despite his struggles, Flaherty has given the Cardinals almost six full innings. So it's the bottom of the six right now. The Cardinals are up by one, six, five. Flaherty's at only 81 pitches. So despite just a horrific first two innings, again, Flaherty has managed to settle in and give the Cardinals a productive outing. Uh, Not a good outing. I didn't say good. I said productive. At least he's pitching. In what way, Anthony? he's He's pitching deep into the game. Oh, well, I guess we just settled for innings now out of our... Yeah, supposed to be our ace. Didn't we? Hey, Jamie, I don't know how many, I don't know how many damn times I have to tell you this. What? They don't have an ace. I know, but uh, okay, sorry. Our number one. No, he's not even. A, he's a four. I know what they he got is. Fours and fives. That's it. I know what he is, but he's supposed to be like top end of the rotation guy, and, and, and you're just satisfied with him and what do you, innings and giving up five runs. And what do you always say about your aunt and uncle? Well, uh, my aunt and uncle. Yeah. I don't know. What do I say about them? What do you say about your uncle or your aunt? What do you say about your aunt? 
Well, Anthony, now that you bring it up, I have said that if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. There it is. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that applies here. It definitely does. I don't know. So, despite the Paul Goldschmidt home run, Will Leach of MLB.com said, should the Cardinals consider trading the reigning MVP? And then he broke down the reasons why it makes sense. I won't read all this to you, but I'll, I'll go line by line in terms of the, why, the the reasons why it makes sense to trade Goldie. Goldschmidt is a free agent after next season, and he's older than you think. They need to find a way to get good young pitchers. That'd be number two. Number three, the Cardinals have their first baseman of the future already, even if he's not playing first base yet. That was Jordan Walker. Number four, he has far more trade value than anyone else on the team. So the, the, those are the reasons why Will Leach noted why, they, why it would make sense for the Cardinals to trade Goldschmidt. He also mentioned some teams that could be interested. The Giants, Angels, Marlins, Phillies, Orioles, Mets, Padres. Those are the teams that could be interested and in what they could give up, most of which would consist of pitching. Shohei Otani? No. Damn. Mm-mm. If you want to know the Angels, blurb, Marsh, if you're going to make a full, full-on last run, with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, there's no better help out there for them than Goldie. And having him for 2024 would ease some of the sting if Otani bolts as a free agent, as many assume. All this team has done in dra- is draft pitchers in recent years, so there there would be some depth to target within the system if the Cardinals, again, are going to trade Goldie. We mentioned this before. Bob Nightingale said, under no circumstances will the Cardinals trade Goldschmidt or Nolan Arenado. And as we've also talked about, Goldie's got a no-trade clause. So... He could nix. He could nix it, even if the Cardinals were interested. Mm-hmm. I think Jamie, the idea makes a lot of sense. I would wow. not predict it to happen, though. It makes sense if you're completely done. It makes sense if you're folding up shop and saying we're not looking at this year anymore. We're looking towards next year, right, or the year after. But isn't he a part of that? Uh, he's supposed to be. Well, well, yeah. yeah listen, well, I mean, for one, uh, listen, Alexa. She. Well, this is Siri, but now she's really offended. Sorry, um, Siri. That's okay. She uh, basically, the way I look at it is Nolan Arenado wanted to be a part of a winning environment. He was tired of the Rockies not being good, and he was tired of them not being competitive, Me, even in the open market. Came to St. Louis because the St. Louis Cardinals, if nothing else, although we don't particularly enjoy that they just get in every year, they get in almost every year. And he had Paul Goldschmidt sitting there, who he had a ton of respect for, uh, both his defensive play and his offensive play and as an individual. If you're going to trade Paul Goldschmidt, I would worry about retaining Nolan Arenado. Because why would Nolan Arenado want to be a part of a group that is trading the reigning MVP. Because we need the pitching. It's fine. If I'm Nolan Arenado, I'm looking at this going, they're tearing it down. We had a bad year. Now they traded Goldie. Payroll didn't go up. Mm-hmm. They didn't get what they said they were going to get last off season. Fine. You want out? You want to? Fine. I know, Anthony, but then we're, fine. where's your team? I'll move. <laughs> Here we go. Move Gorman to third. Walker's at first. Mm-hmm. Or hell, let Walker play third. I mean, it's almost the same. I got 47. I got 47 first basemen. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be here? Fine. But we're building something. Mm. And I need pitching to build something. Do you know why I need pitching? Do you know why it's so clear that I need pitching? 
because the guys that I acquired to lead my offense have 0.0 playoff wins together. Mm. That's why. Mm. So you want out, I'll pick a nice spot for you. Okay? We got a text from Marsha's Burner. We will have an ace when we trade for Lance Lynn. Oh, right. boy. <laughs> that is Marshy's Burner. It is. And 618 says, does Jamie leave his phone on for every show he's on? LOL. That, that's not my phone. It's my watch, and I don't know why it talks to me. I don't it's, know what. It goes off all Jamie's, the time. In Jamie's defense, it is totally random. It's Yeah. We don't and even ask. Like, I'm sorry. I couldn't make that out. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you in the conversation? <laughs> I got a hard enough time dealing with Anthony. What? I mean, in a good way. It didn't feel like a good way. No, it always does. You know that. But the watch goes off on its own accord, just whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, you know these robots are going to take over at some point. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Sports 6 back is next. So if you've got a question, 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service text line. We'll, uh, again, we'll answer your questions next in the Fastlane. We're right back to the Fastlane podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in Lewis for over 42 years. The fast lane here on 101 ESPN. 5.01 p.m. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, official provider of Rolex jewelry. It's time for your sports six-pack. Question number one. From the 314, Jamie, what did you think of William Carlson's Stanley Cup Parade speech? And have you seen a speech like that before during your tenure? Um, I haven't seen one quite like that. Now, you know what was unique? Some of these teams just give the players the mic and just let them roll, which is always entertaining. Um, and sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's almost like the best man speech at a wedding where it just keeps going and going and then goes off the rails and then comes back and keeps going. Uh, but either way, you're there to celebrate the championship. William Carlson, I heard most of it. I didn't see all of it, but from what I gather, it was a great speech, basically declaring that you know from day one, you know, they've been there and the fans have been there and, you know, they've built this thing together and now they're all champions. And mm-hmm. I think that's the crux of it. Right, Marshy? Yeah, basically everything you said is what he attempted to say that took about five minutes to explain uh-huh. because he was, uh, well, dehydrated. Fun. He was dehydrated, dehydrated, of course, because of the Vegas <laughs> heat. Uh, it looked like he was having a great time, though. Uh, but yes, everything you said is what he said, except for you said it more clear. Yeah. And th- again, to be fair in the situation, the players have won that championship. They deserve the right to say whatever the hell they want at that point. You know, as long as it's something, not something completely outlandish and, and damaging mm-hmm. to where they're so inebriated, they say something that they really don't mean or say it in the wrong way. That happens. Um, you know, that's where I'd always, that's where I would literally have somebody on the audio with the off button real mm-hmm. quick. Uh, but no, it, look, these players earned the right to their moment to talk. And uh, from what I gather, from what I saw from the reaction of the fans is they didn't care. They loved it. Mm-hmm. Question number two. 
All right, this one comes from the 314, actually Justin. Will you give us your thoughts on the Buffalo Bills this year? I like the Bills a lot. I think they're, in some respects, are flying under the radar, even though they're, they've been the team that everybody's kind of circled over the last two years now to take that next step. I think the biggest issue with the Buffalo Bills is that they were a, they have been a dome team, uh, or they have been an outdoor team built like a dome team. That's, they're not fit. They're not very physical. Dome teams are typically built as a fast team because you know at least eight of your games they're soft are going to be played. I, well, I mean, to some to some respects, maybe you know you look you look at that Cincinnati team last year, Jamie, that went into Buffalo and took it to them. That was a physical team. Cincinnati was not scared at all, despite Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and some of the firepower the Bills have. The fact that it was in Buffalo with the snow and all that, Cincinnati took it to them. Cincinnati is a physical team. They're an outdoor team, built like an outdoor team. I think Buffalo needed to add some some uh, another pass rusher, which they did in Floyd, to complement Von Miller. I think they needed they need to be more physical, especially against the run. When you get into the playoffs, September football, Buffalo Buffalo has looked great. When you get deeper into the year, you're a little bit more banged up especially in the playoffs, and teams start running the football down your throat, that's when you know whether or not you're a postseason team. Uh, and I, when I say postseason, I, mean, I, should, I should say a, a Super Bowl contender. This year, though, the addition the addition of Floyd, some of the other subtle changes that they made offensively, I think Josh Allen, you know, I, I wouldn't scale back. He says sometimes, well, I'll scale back some of the running. Why? That's a threat. You're a threat when you run the ball. Defenses I think a lot of quarterbacks f- get stuck in that rut. Though, I think Anthony. I think so too. Guys who run the ball uh, at some point lose concept of what they really are. They get labeled, and they and but no, but then they they personally want to change. Like yeah, I want to be a pocket guy now. Right. But you weren't a pocket guy when you were an, an MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. You were running the ball every so often because that's what made you dangerous. That's what opens up some of the passing game. That's what keeps guys backed off a little bit. Right. Is the your ability to break through and run for 8 to 10 yards at a time. Yep. I always it's always just mind-boggling to me. I understand as a quarterback it's older, the ability's not there and the hits hurt more and more, but you know Josh Allen's a guy that he's still got some years here. Like he's got a lot of career ahead of him. And you have to run a lot, just be a threat right. to run. And by telling the whole world that you're yeah, I'm not really going to run anymore, like what the hell are you doing? Do you, do you want to know it's a helpful hint for the defense, knowing where the hell the quarterback is? <laughs> no, oh, you're going to stay in the pocket? Cool. <laughs> Great. We don't have to worry about this. We can drop back a little bit. Right. And give up that four to five yards. Exactly. Uh-huh. You're a corner, you're a safety, you're a linebacker, and you're keying in on the quarterback, and all of a sudden he can run. It forces defense to account for you. So I don't think he should run less. If you want to run smarter, fine. He's got to be better in the red zone. But ultimately, I do think to some degree the Bills, one, had a great offseason. Two, are flying under the radar a little bit as teams get, or as uh, you know, fans and everything start to focus in on the Jets after what they did. I like the Bills this year. Question number three. Uh, we're known for usually trying to figure out if certain players are related to other people. You know, trying to establish a family tree. Can I, can I just subtle... Just a subtle add-on there. Yeah. I don't know if we're trying to figure it out. I just know things. Yeah. For for example, uh, if, you know, I would to say, um, you know, uh, oh, Trey McNabb. 
Yeah, Braden's brother. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't think Jamie's Braden trying. Just won Stanley Cup. I don't mm-hmm. think. I don't think Jamie Jamie's trying to figure out the family tree. I think he just he just knows. I think he it's obvious. It. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, from the three or from the six one eight, is Gersh related to the UFO whistleblower? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know. Uh, I don't think so. Who he was talking about until I found his name is David Grush, not David Gersh. <laughs> Poor Gershy. You know, every time I see Michael Gersh in an interview, every time I hear him on a radio interview, I really like him. I do. I really like the guy. We've had him on here a couple of times. Yeah. He's been, uh, He's been rather forthcoming. He's been upfront with a lot of things. I honestly, his interviews and his conversations give you more than when you talk to John Mozalock. He's willing to dive a little deeper into some of the conversation. So mm-hmm. I know Michael Gersh gets poked uh, fun at because people think, oh, he does nothing. Uh, that that's that couldn't be farther from the truth. He has a big part in what the Cardinals are doing, whether you like what he's doing or whether you don't like what he's doing. Yeah, I I just giggle sometimes at just people poke fun at this guy. Yet I guarantee that if he threw his name in the hat, he'd have another job somewhere else overnight. He's very smart. Yeah, he's very he, he's got kind of the analytic stuff down. Some of the you know the drafts. He's part of it. If you like if you have liked the drafts for the Cardinals of late, you know Gersh is a part of that. So you're right. Having said that, I think John Mozalock follows the get yourself a fall guy philosophy. Mm. Go ahead, Marsh. Question three, please. Well, I just wanted to say earlier today, I was watching Matt Rocchio work on some social media stuff for the station, obviously, and he had a picture of DeWitt, Moe, and Gersh uh, and proceeded to cut Gersh out of the photo. Why? Oh, Matt Rocchio did that? Yeah, that's Why, disgusting. Rock? He said something about the dimensions of the photo, which oh. is a total excuse. What an excuse. Wow. I mean, that honestly despicable. Like, I just don't understand why we have just the, the direct disrespect like that, especially from Matt Rocchio. Like, wow. The business ethics, uh, business ethics come to mind when mm-hmm. I think of this. Yeah. There's a documentary on business ethics, too. Yeah. There's a, played a, There's a, a key speech. role. There's a speech. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Very famous on mm-hmm. YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Key part yeah. of American history. Yeah, maybe, Successful guy. Maybe Rock, should, maybe Rock should watch the doc and also listen to that speech several times. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Question number four. From the 636... If we can't trust Flaherty, which starters can we trust to bring the Cardinals back to fruition? Uh, Nobody consistently. (laughs) Nobody consistently. You know you're going to give up three runs, and he's going to go five or six innings. You can count on that. Very true. You're right. I don't know if that's something we celebrate necessarily. Well, in this year, at at this point, yes. I, I, I was... I was pretty happy with Wayno's start over the he weekend. Very, he was very good. He was fine. I don't know if he was very good. <laughs> well, three runs, Anthony. I mean, you look at the, you know, you look at the current season. Are we on like a grading scale? Like, how are we? Are we grading against his uh, peers or against the league? Against his peers. Oh, well, then yeah, he was very good. <laughs> <laughs> was he or was he not the best Cardinal starter over the weekend? Um. Yes, he there was. You go. 
I don't know. I, had I to think I was like, who the hell started? Like Michael Michael is Libertor. I feel like Libertor you know, wasn't bad. Tommy Edmond yeah. doesn't drop that ball in center field. You know, we're looking at okay. a different game. Look oh, at a different stat dropped line. The ball. I dropped. He didn't. I mean, that's a, it's a long he's run. Your, he's the best center fielder on the team. Yeah, until he starts dropping balls everywhere. He's the the 2023 Cardinals summed up in one sentence. Tommy Edmond is the best center fielder on the team. That's your 2023 Cardinals tag. Mm-hmm. I don't see anything wrong with that. Okay. Uh, to answer your question. Anthony, what's your problem? <laughs> to answer your question. Is it because the Tigers are doing bad? The G- Is it because no, the Cubs a, are doing bad? No, Tiger fan. I'm never, I've never been a Cubs fan. Not once. Don't even joke about that. Not even in 2016? No, of course not. Are you kidding me against the against the Klubot? You think I was you think I was rooting against Kluber? Is he someone that the Cardinals should look at? Question five, please. Question number five. Uh, why do you guys believe that some of the teams that are not doing all that well, that they haven't done well over the past who knows how many years, all of a sudden they're good? Reds, ah. Pirates. Diamondbacks is it because they're drafting well, or, or is it just an outlier of a season? I think that w- isn't it just a product of being bad. They finally got some young players at high picks that are okay. I think I think a couple of reasons. One, it's it's June nineteenth, so when you're looking at hundred and sixty-two games, and it's only June nineteenth. You're still dealing with a, a relatively small sample size in regards to like um, the Marlins, maybe even the Diamondbacks. Teams that typically will fade over the course of a season. I think the other reason, and I and I'm just throwing this out there. I'd be interested in your guys' thoughts too. You got a balanced schedule now. I wonder if the the top of the league, if you have you know you have the, the Royals and the A's, some really bad teams at the bottom. Then you have only a couple of really good teams that are that are just they're they're above all outs, Rays, Braves. But I think the majority of the league guys, there's not much separation. I think that's what this year is kind of telling us. With a balanced schedule, you're playing a lot more of the teams that you normally don't play. You're playing fewer games against your own division. You're seeing a league that is not it's not separating as much as we thought. In years past, it's like there's a clear top, clear bottom. This year, I don't think there's. I think there's more parity. I think that's what we're finding out. I could also be wrong, Jamie. Your thoughts? No, I was well said, Anthony. I think you covered everything there. You want me to go over the top and the bottom yet again? No, it's clearly a top and clearly a bottom. There you go. Question number six from the three one four. If you had to choose one person at the station. To be the Cardinals GM, who would it be? Jamie Rivers. Thank you, Anthony. I agree. <laughs> I would choose Jamie. He's I'm got thinking, bus- he's got yeah. business acumen. He's not afraid he has to make moves. Ethics. He's he's a leader. Somebody that that would understand the clubhouse dynamics. He's first of all, he's been a GM. Hell, he traded a guy for a night at a hotel. Sure did, Anthony. He got the deal done. Found somebody in a parking lot of a gas station. This guy finds talent. Now, not that specific guy. He wanted to 
Not being that good, but no, Jamie but, Re- you know Jamie recognized it right away. So he's the only one with any sort of GM spot on his resume. It's Jamie all the way. I think Randy Jamie. would be. Okay. Jamie. Oh, Jamie. 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 You think Randy? I think Randy would be interesting. Randy, I think, would be my second choice. Anthony, you'd be my pick. Thanks, Jamie. You would be for several reasons. Uh, one, uh, just to watch you get fired up. The and press conferences, which should the be entertaining. press conference and also the random... Um, like manager's box shots where, you know, Mo's sitting there completely calm, uh-huh. no emotion. They're down like 407 to one. And he's got, <laughs> yeah. I would just love to see you. Your tie would be all unraveled. Your hands would be going. Yeah. Your face would be red. Chair, you would see a chair like yeah. into the drywall. Smashing <laughs> your own me. face yeah. off of the countertop. Yep. That, <laughs> that's my GM. Thanks, Jamie. You do a, a pregame for for Bally's, and they'd ask you about Ali Marmel, and instead of you know you showing your support, you'd say that the manager position in Major League Baseball is Let me tell you. Let me tell you about. Uh, let me answer that question this way. All right, Major League Baseball managers, most overrated, overrated manager or co- coach in sports. Okay, it's a player's game. It comes down to players executing and players not ex. You know why they call it uh, the baseball manager a manager? Because he's managing over 162 games. <laughs> That's my thoughts on Ollie. Our text line's incredible. If Anthony was a GM, we wouldn't have any prospects left. Very true. <laughs> no, no, you'd have tons of prospects. What would change? Anthony's already carrying the water. <laughs> <laughs> It's fantastic. They're comparing you to the Kyle Dubas of baseball. <laughs> Jamie Poe Bostalter, GM. They made that Fred Bird move with no hesitation. <laughs> <laughs> Great it's call. incredible. Thank That's you. true. We could buy, yeah. You could be the president of baseball operations. <laughs> You're the GM. I'll be the GM. They're saying Janet would be the bench coach. Janet would be the. Uh, I, I mean, things would happen. Said I could institute the get the ball in camp for the outfielders. <laughs> get it in. We're gonna get focus in. getting the ball in from the outfield. It's a cutoff man. <laughs> That's genius. I All right. Love it. Uh, even though we just did the sports six pack, why don't we why don't we do the biggest question of the day next, and um, we'll see if this Cardinals game wraps up at uh, some point. Right now, it's eight five. Cardinals with the lead in the bottom eight six as they talk uh, eight six Cardinals with the lead bottom of the seven. Is that so, a sacrifice? Yeah, it was ish. It would no, it wasn't a true sacrifice. It was just a fielder's it was, choice. It was a fielder's choice. Yeah, but he did. Nice. Whoever it was did get the ball to the right side. So small, small ball. Small ball to the right side or the correct side. Uh, the right side, which happened to be the correct side to get a to run say in. Both, both, Jamie. There you go. Both. Biggest question of the day next. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. All right, time for the biggest question of the day here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Here's Andrew Marsh. 
All right, guys, we got into the Blues earlier today, talking about Clayton Keller and whether or not the Blues would be interested if he becomes available. We talked a little bit last week about Oliver ekman Larson, but from John, John wants to know, is Noah Hannafin the left-handed defenseman the Blues need? Noah Hannafin. Well, uh, he certainly could play on my team. That uh, That's a guarantee. But... You know, I uh, I like to deal with uh, details, uh, real details. And so I'm going to pull up Noah Hannafin and his current contract because, as we know, that matters. So when I look at Noah Hannafin, he's got one year left on his deal, and that currently sits at $4.9 million. The problem with it is that he's unrestricted. Not a restricted free agent where the Blues would have the first opportunity to uh, qualify him and then go into negotiations and look to create an extension for, for this player. He's fully unrestricted um, after this season. He also has a modified no-trade clause that he can pick eight teams that he will not go to. Now, I don't imagine that Noah Hannafin would would turn his nose up at becoming a St. Louis Blue. I mean, he's in Calgary. They're going to have a brand new head coach out there in Calgary, um, new general manager, some pretty good players already in place. He might like the situation that he's in, quite honestly. He's got one year left on this deal. Um, so if I'm Noah Hannafin, you know, maybe I say no to that trade. I don't know. You know, the, the Calgary Flames project to honestly be a better team right now before next season starts on paper we know that that's not worth everything uh, but it does say that the team is in pretty good shape so if i'm the blues yeah i would look i would love to add them uh, again though when you look at 4.9 where are you getting it who are you moving out this is going to be doug armstrong's biggest obstacle is anthony can, can i answer that one real quick yeah go ahead. it's the players that the fans don't like yes well, well said, Anthony. Mm. Unfortunately, those players have wow. no trade clauses. So we go back to that again. And this is going to be something that our listeners absolutely hate hearing over and over and over and over again is that they have no trade clauses. Um, you can hate it all you want. It's a fact. And those players will exercise the no trade clause. And although Calgary is a beautiful city, uh, I love Calgary especially in the summertime. It's beautiful in that area. In the wintertime, it's a little cold. Some players don't necessarily want to play in Edmonton or Calgary or Winnipeg. So you might have a tough time selling the idea of trading somebody over there. And when you look at Calgary's cap space right now, the current cap space is 1.2 million. Who are they taking off your hands? Because Nick Letty would be the only player that would kind of come close to matching that. Otherwise, they can't afford to take on Tory Krug. Mm-hmm. And then is, if, the, if that's what you're looking to do. And then is Doug Armstrong looking to retain salary on these players? I don't think so. I mean, he was willing to do it for unrestricted free agents. So very, very short period of time that the hockey club ate some of the salary. He's not going to do that on a multi-year deal. Right. If Army's not willing to buy a player out, I can't imagine he'd be willing to pay a player not to be in a St. Louis Blues uniform. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. No. So, uh, but if we dissect it and bring it back, drag it back to Noah Hannafin, the player, I would love to have him here in St. Louis. Problem is, he the 4.9 is going to turn into about 6. 
maybe even more when he hits the free agent market. So are you really giving up assets at this point to acquire a player you have for one more year? I don't know. Tough call. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Cardinals currently with an 8-6 lead right now, top of the eighth at Nationals Park. It's been an absolute wild one. Uh, Jack Flaherty started off the game rough. Second inning didn't go much better. All told, he allowed five runs in the first two innings. He did settle in, and in the process of settling in, Cardinals played long ball again. Brandon Donovan with a three-run shot in the top of the fifth to tie it at 5-5, followed by a Paul Goldschmidt home run. So the Cardinals go back-to-back in that inning. Lead 6-5, tack on a couple more late, and it's now 8-6. We'll dive into today's game, see if the Cardinals can hold on. It's now up to their bullpen to close things out, but it looks like another close game. And the Cardinals have all been, all they've been doing is playing close games. But we'll, uh, we'll tell you what's important about today's game next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Currently leading the Nationals 8-6. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN. Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stoltz. Appreciate everybody tuned in today. Cardinals have used the long ball a lot today. Jack Flaherty really struggled in the first two innings. He allowed a, sacrif- a sacrifice fly, Marsh's favorite, to... Uh, loves those yeah, he loves sacks. Marsh, Marsh loves those sacks. You're absolutely right. Uh, that got the Nationals on the board 1-0 in the bottom of the first. Corey Dickerson, old friend Corey Dickerson. Dickie do. Singled to right, scored two for the Nationals in that same inning. They would tack on another two on a two-run single by Garcia to make it 5-0. But then the Cardinals got into uh, got into it or back into it in the third, where Tommy Edmond tripled to center, scoring Paul DeYoung. Goldschmidt singled to center to score Tommy Edmond. And after three, it was 5-2. That lead would stand until Brendan Donovan connected with a three-run home run in the top of the fifth to tie it up at five apiece. Goldschmidt, the very next batter, hit a solo home run to make it 6-5, and the Cardinals have been ahead ever since. They would tack on one more run from an Arenado single in the top of the seventh and another one with Contreras singling to center to make it 8-5. Garcia grounded out to first to score Abrams to make it 8-6, which is where we currently stand right now in the top of the ninth. And Jamie is particularly interested in this large new bar at bat because Jamie, with a streak of what, Jamie, six? Six. Jamie's streak is on the line because despite scoring eight runs today, in his return from the IL, Lars Taylor, Tetsuya Newbar is 0 for 3. I know. He's uh wolf. I should, you know what, I was banking on him carrying that momentum through, but, man, I don't know. Jamie, talk to us right now as we're as we're looking in on this Lars Newbar. Yeah, uh, AB, talk to us now about your feelings. Uh, my feelings regarding the situation are not great right now, Anthony. As he uh, had soft contact, ground out to second base, out at first. So they'll do All it. Right. So that the they'll streak, likely do it. The street. Well, yeah, you never know. You might get another at bat. Jamie, do you put your personal pride on the line and hope 
that the Nationals tie this one up, Whoa, go into extra innings like to give That's Newt really Bar question. to give Newt Bar a chance. Yeah. Oh, oh, Marsh. They're not automatic but, loss. Why oh. can't they just bat around? Oh, now who's who's jumping to conclusions on the jump to conclusion, Matt? New Park could come up in a tie game and homer. And could wind up being the game winner. See, I like your style. Thank you, Jamie. Why, why would you want to drama? Be even in that situation. You don't like uh, intense baseball? You don't like drama? I do, yeah. I do like October baseball. Unfortunately, I haven't really experienced all much of it in the past few years. Well, a lot of these guys haven't you went either. To, you went to the playoffs the back to back years. For what, two games? Yeah, yeah. Three. That's right, big games. Don't forget about the three games in two years. Don't forget about the loss of the, the Dodgers. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> I count that. Jack Flaherty today, six in the third, ten hits allowed, six earned runs, one walk, five Ks. At least he gave you six in the third. It looked like he wasn't going to get through the third inning today. Not again. Not a good five nothing in the second inning. Not a good outing there from yeah. Flaherty, but again, nonetheless, he does save a battered and gassed bullpen from having to cover a lot more than they did today. I've uh, noticed that the Cardinals have uh, Hicks up in the bullpen. Anthony, do you know what that'll mean? Three straight save opportunities for Jordan Hicks? Uh, three days in a row. I have a feeling we're going to see Lars Newbar again before this game's over. Oh, Whoa. Jamie. Whoa. Ye of little faith. He's your new closer. Yeah. Yeah. It was a miracle to see him go two games in a row. He's been nasty lately. He's yeah. been filthy nasty. I mean, he'll probably walk the first batter, but then he'll get the right He'll settle out. in. It was a miracle to see him go back to back. This right here is like seeing a unicorn to have him go three in a row. I'm with Marsh. Let's I, see what let's see what, what Jordan makes. You want you want these situations, Jordan Hicks? Does he? Let's go. I don't know, actually. I have no idea. I like what they're doing, though. They showcase them, Jamie. Because when you become what the, if it blows up? When you become the president of baseball operations and I become the GM for the Cardinals, as we established earlier, mm-hmm. the first order of business that I'm gonna I'm gonna present to you, Jamie, is after Ali showcases Jordan Hicks as a closer, you trade him at the deadline. Well, depending on where we're at, I don't hate the idea. I'll put it on the board. We'll see what happens. All right. Let it marinate, as they say. Yeah. Let it percolate. Yep. I'll go. I'll go out on a limb. I think he strikes out the side. Oh boy, there he goes again. I do like that he's believing, though. He'd be- but th- that's it. A- might be false belief as the I look at his face. The scary part is that he believes. <laughs> that's what. That's what scares me the hey, most. Hey, hey, we're about a week away from this vision coming true. Marsh had the vision. Oh, are we? <laughs> I had a vision. Marsh had the vision. They've won two of three. They could win three in a row today. It's called a winning streak. Mm. It has happened before. So Jordan Hicks being called upon in the bottom of the ninth, third straight day, save opportunity, save moment. All right, Jamie? This offense looks good right now. The offense, yeah, it does. Eight runs today, five yesterday. Or I'm sorry, eight, eight today, eight yesterday, five on Saturday. Got the goose egg, or got the got the one run. Wilson Contreras had a home run on Friday, but this offense is coming alive again. Well, Contreras today, what he went uh, one for three, one for four, I think. Contreras today, one for five, one for five with a ribby. Ooh, it's not as good as I thought. 
He only struck out once. He's seen the ball better, Jamie. Your hero today has been Paul Goldschmidt and Brandon Donovan. Donovan only had the one hit, but of course that was the three-run home run to tie it up. But Goldschmidt, two for five, a couple of ribbies. He had a he had a home run himself. New bar in his return, 0 for 4. Sorry, Jamie. Nolan Arnato, 1 for 4 with one driven in. Contreras, we had mentioned. Jordan Walker, now hitting over 300, gentlemen. 2 for 4 today. 2 for 4, hitting 302 with an on base of 386 and a slug of 488. This kid can hit, and he's in the DH spot tonight. Unfortunately, Gorman, his struggles continue. 0 for Gopher, he's 0 for 4. But the young, the bottom of the order outside of Gorman. DeYoung had a couple of hits, two for four, and Tommy Edmond, two for two with a triple, three runs scored in an RBI. Two walks, by the way, for Tommy Edmond. The defense, outfield defense. Outfield defense good really today. good today. Yep. Who was it? It was it Edmond that made the slide, sliding catch, diving catch in? Yep, they all they all contributed. Newt threw out Corey Dickerson, a former Cardinal great. Uh, then you had Donovan throwing a guy out at second, and then of course Tom Hedman made a great play in center field. It's so funny. That's your, well, Nothing. I, you're bang on. You are. Ba- you're banging it today. Yep. I am banging it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been all day. Absolutely. All right. When we come back, we'll tell you whether or not Jordan Hicks made it through the bottom of the ninth unscathed. <laughs> um, <laughs> why the pause, Anthony? Well. <laughs> Ball was traveling a long way there, Jamie, but uh, fortunately it was on the ah, the right side yeah, of the foul pole for on us. first before that happens. Yeah, good point. Uh, so we'll tell you, give you an update on the Cardinals, wrap up the show, criticisms, compliments next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything from today's show, you can always download the podcast available at 101ESPN.com or your 101 ESPN mobile app, all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Talked about the Cardinals winning the series against the Mets. Lars Newbar, his return, and what does it mean for not only the lineup, but the outfield rotation and how Ollie sets things up. Talked about some interesting numbers comparing the Brewers to the Cardinals. Jordan Walker has been outstanding. Dove into that conversation as well. Jamie crapped all over the idea of the of uh, Clayton Keller being a, a blue. I didn't crap all over it. I would love to have him. I just don't know what road you travel in order to make that happen. But so. ja- but despite the fact that Jamie crapped all over the idea of adding Clayton Keller, well, I didn't really do that. He was outstanding. When it came to the, his thoughts on David Freeze uh, and the respectful decline of being a Cardinals Hall of Famer, Jamie, your thoughts were outstanding on that. Well, thank you very much. Talked about City SC overcoming the injuries and why uh, card the Cardinals are still saying be patient to all their fans. And speaking of the Cardinals, guys, Jordan Hicks for a third straight day locks the game down, gets a save. Told you. Jamie, you didn't. You didn't. In fact, you're very, very negative. I believed 100, Anthony. He's got three saves on the season. All three coming in the last three days. See you, new closer for the foreseeable future, guys. I think he has to be. He just closed three games out in a row. If you're Ryan Helsley on the IL, are you nervous? You no. just lost your spot. No, I'm not. 
Why? Someone will pay him. Someone will pay him. He's here. Damn it, next year. <laughs> do, do you think those guys care if... if <laughs> he's the... Like, do you think Ryan Helsley cares if he's the closer? Or do you think he just cares? Well, he better I care. want him to care. He better I want care. him to care, Marsh. Yeah. I want him to be the closer. Those guys the have mentality. To, those guys have to carve out something unique that they do. Otherwise, why would... You know, you just kind of recycle those... Right. Bullpen arms. The guys who get paid out of the bullpen are guys that are difference makers. Yeah, they're 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 absolute animals. They're gonna screw loose. They want the ball in that moment. Bases loaded on the one line. out, they want the ball. Thank you. You know, somebody like our guy Izzy. Izzy, 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 Izzy always wanted the ball in the ninth. So yes, Marsh, to answer your question, it does matter. Cardinals win 8-6. Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty gets the dub. It's now four and five on the year. Six and a third, six earned runs, five Ks. Only one walk, though, guys. Isn't this like your maybe not the typical Jack Flaherty line? But this has been Jack Flaherty all year. It's like uh only walked one. Also gave up six earned runs. Gave up six earned runs. Also went six and a third. Yeah, I probably won't see that on the stat line on Twitter. No, probably not. Just I, you'll just see a W. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the Nationals were just picking up everything in the first two innings. Like, you think those would be some of your strongest? You got all your energy. You haven't thrown any real pitches yet. Like, you know, come out of the gate. But they were picking up everything. He doesn't pitch well on the road. In daylight situations. Well, that's going to be problematic since half your games are on the road. You're telling me. Criticisms and compliments. What do you got, Marsh? Yeah, from the 636. Hey, guys. Office Depot Kevin here. Hey. Names just keep hey, getting Kevin. crazier and crazier. Uh, just want to let y'all know that the fast lane is my favorite part of my day. Yes. It makes work enjoyable. Marsh kills it on the ESPN update. Yeah, Jamie stays have... positive. Yeah. Love the vibe. Yes. And Anthony, well, anyways, have a good day, what? y'all. I mean, at least you got your name right. That's true. It's a start. <laughs> Kevin, 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 Kevin. Could have been a lot nicer. What do you got, Marsh? Uh, well, actually, it's Office Depot Kevin, so I don't know if that chant would H- work. But HD Kevin. Yeah, oh. for sure. No, that would be Home Depot, Anthony. Uh, Office Depot will be ODK. ODK. I was thinking of Home Depot there for whatever reason. I literally could tell. I heard him say Office Depot for some reason in my head, which I smashed several times now. Mm. I thought Home Depot. This is why he hates me. All of this is coming. I can see it. It's like the dress. Is it blue? Is it gold? You know. Right. No one knows. Nah. I usually give Anthony the choice of which one he wants to wear. Typically gold blue. Hmm. You remember that time we were on the road? Yeah, I do. Do you? No, you drugged me. That's not true. With your love. You did it to yourself. It was uh, from the 636. Can we make shirts that say Jamie Rivers is my dad? Wow. (laughs) Wow. How I feel about that. I actually saw that one time. Um, I won't tell you where I was playing, but we were on the road. Somebody had a Jamie Rivers is my dad t 
t-shirt. <laughs> it was like one of those like press ones, you know? Mm -hmm. Were you in Canada? <laughs> no. No, I wasn't actually. I was in the United States. Uh-huh. Thought it was peculiar. Did you get a little nervous? Not really, because the guy was like 17 years old, mm. and I was doing the math going, <laughs> Nah, I don't think we're there. I don't there. think so. I don't think so. Good try, though. It was a good try. I mean, I was flattered, I guess. But, uh, there's at least one of those that's in existence somewhere, or it was at some point. So like some The shirt? Now. The shirt, yes. Oh. Maybe more otherwise. That's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Oh, we got a request from the 314. My son asked if you guys can play Sunshine, Rainbows, and Lollipops. Sure. Of course. This one goes out to you. Son. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together. Cardinals half one. Three in a row. Jordan Hicks is not a pizza. No, I lost it. Yeah, I lost it. It doesn't feel right. No, I lost it. No, it was terrible. I lost it. I allowed Marsh to get in my head. You were singing along. I allowed you to get in my head. And I wasn't expecting the backup guy. BT's the true, he's very true good hero at that. with that. He's, he's fantastic. Very good at that. Although when he's on the road, he's always he's there's a little bit of a delay. So I always feel bad for Brad. This doesn't quite match up with the audio. Cardinals have one. Uh, here's some uh, <laughs> listener on listener crime. We always always love some uh, some listener on listener crime from the six three six. Staple Scott hates. Office Depot, Kevin. Whoa, Staple Scott. We don't hate anybody. Hold on, hold on. Let's hear what Scott had to say about me. Nothing. He just uh, says Staple Scott hates OD. OD Kevin. Gotcha. Office Depot, right. Kevin. Of course. Okay. I don't. I don't want listener on listener crime. Yeah, we'll you do. One big happy family, Anthony. We are one big pack of fast lane freaks. Fast lane freaks. I like that. Yeah. Hmm. Where are the freaks at? Mm-hmm. From the 618. Multiple meanings. Thundercat loves listening to you guys. Keep it up. Excellent. Right. Thundercat. Do you guys remember Thundercats? Yeah. Jamie, you do. Marsha might have been. Uh, like, are those the. Yeah. yeah. Cats. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the Thundercats. Yes. And they have, like, crazy face makeup and stuff. Well, they're cats. They're cats. Yeah, yeah. the cats with yeah. makeup. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, who is yeah, it? Uh, Lion-O or something? Thunderous cats. Thunderous No, it's Thundercats. Yeah, I know. They're thunderous cats. Hell, <laughs> no, it's a verb. Thunderous. It means they make thunder. I know, but... Hence Thundercats. We're <laughs> just explaining it. Did you tell me no? What the hell? I didn't say no, I said Thundercats. Yeah, yeah Lion-O. <laughs> Lion-O? Lion-O. Lion-O. And you had, had Snarf. Oh, yeah, Snarf. He was kind of annoying, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he looks annoying. Because I think all he'd say is snarf. Snarf! Yeah. Yeah. Hey, they should have kicked that guy out of the group. That's so mean. <laughs> they should have sent that guy into the bad guy's lair. Oh, hey. Said, we got your back. <laughs> but in reality, they didn't. I don't think that was Thundercats. The 314 said, you just sang Flash Gordon. <laughs> you did. <Yeah. laughs> Flash. That's right. Uh, you know why that's in my head? I was watching Ted the other day. Nice. And Flash he Gordon shows up. is in the movie yeah, at the yeah. party, and then he mm. ends up uh, 
being the uh, uh, what, what is it called when the person that marries the officiant, efficient. Oh yeah, the yeah. Whatever it's called, I don't know. I don't know. You guys would know. The I've official. Never Ordained, ordained minister. Who, uh, yeah. Officiate the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. He did. He did that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's been a long day. It's a Monday. Well, no, it's been a great day, guys. Oh, yeah. We're doing never, well. Everybody's I'm not doing lie, well. Anthony. I, uh, I'm a little tired. Yeah. Okay. Well. Of your crap. We appreciate that news. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Snarf. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody have a great night. Thank you for listening. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow to at 2 o'clock. No, there isn't. Go you'll, hear, you'll hear more of Jamie Rivers, though, because uh, we've got the Last Minute Blues podcast coming up right now. See ya! You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.